0: Season two of the series Love Life just wrapped on HBO. It's got us pondering Black Love TM versus The Swirl. Ooh, COVID and the great
1: white awakening of 2020. And Black masculinity, monogamy, love, and sex. It's Team with Queen and Jay. Drink up.
0: Hello. Hello. How are ya? I'm good. I'm good.
1: It feels different recording at like a reasonable time.
0: <laughs> right? It's not the break of dawn. Nope.
1: It's not the ass crack of,
0: of night. Yeah. Feels good. It yeah. feels strange. It feels strange. It feels strange, but it feels good. How was your day?
1: My day was my day was pretty good. I was at work doing the work thing. But nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nothing ridiculous. So good. So good. Yeah. that's. I'm going to stick with that. How was your day today?
0: My day was good. My day was good. I did some general organizing, some sorting of laundry. I finished that absolutely insane Kevin Hart Netflix series. Oh, I haven't watched it. It's bonkers. Mm. It's bonkers. It's like if you and I did a show about our life doing this podcast and then injected all kinds of evil. Ooh. It's like So, that. if
1: we adhered to the way the industry probably wants you to, <laughs> but we don't want to because we don't want to be.
0: I guess. I guess. And then turn it into like an episode of Law and Order. You know what I'm saying? It was like that. It was like that. It was very stressful. Oh, it was God. a stressful series. A stressful series, but I was entertained. Highly stressed, but entertained. I don't even know if it was good. I was entertained, but also it was evil. I don't
1: know. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to check it out. I I decided to watch, I think it's called Bruise, the movie that Halle Mm -hmm. Berry did because I saw she was number two. And I was like, no, the black Mm -hmm. woman can't be number two. And I watched it (laughs) on Netflix instead. How was it? It was good. It was good. They really are trying to really go hard to make us think that Halle Berry is just a regular woman. (laughs) 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 Like, uh, that's Halle Berry. (laughs) No, but it was good. It was it was a
0: it was a good. That's movie. funny. She's been trying to shake that her whole career.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, she's been
0: trying to convince us she's just a regular working woman. Every film, every film.
1: <laughs> she is, but we're like Halle Berry. Like we don't ever even call our character. <laughs> characters names. No one fucking knows. I still don't know the characters names in that in that movie. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, it was good. It was a good, it's good,
0: <laughs> good. All right, I'm gonna watch it. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Welcome to, to Tea with, with Queen and Jay. Jay. We, we are two, two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling, dismantling white supremacist, supremacist patriarchal capitalism, capitalism one episode, episode at a time. a time. I'm Queen, I'm Jay, and this, this is Tea with, with Queen and, and Jay.
1: And if you would like to follow the conversation being had on this podcast, podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag Tea with QJ. We also love when you use the hashtag hard in you can tweet us on twitter our handle is at TeaWithQJ, and we want to hear from you. You can send us t-mail at J at
0: gmail.com. Every week, we pour libations for the people, places, and things giving us black ass black joy. Queen, what are you pouring libations for this week?
1: I'm pouring libations for family. I had a really good family day. Some of y'all refer to that as Thanksgiving. We call that family day over at my part, mm-hmm. but it was really, really nice and chill No drama. (laughs) (laughs) Like none. That's good. Sounds like it's rare. It is rare. And for me, when I say drama, it doesn't even have to be anything big. But it could be one little ripple of like. If I have to say one time, just, just ignore her. It's not that serious. For me, it's like, oh, uh, <laughs> I didn't have to say that at right. all. I didn't have to right, say this. Right. It's not that serious. I didn't have to do that mm-hmm. at all. So that mm-hmm. was cool. And then there was a cute exchange that I seen between my niece and my nephew. And it made me feel like a proud auntie. And it had nothing to do with me, but I felt like a proud auntie in the situation you know they're part of my village Mm -hmm. these nibblings or whatever but my niece and my nephew are playing on a trampoline in the house so they're like jumping on the trampoline and him being i guess territorial because he's an only child he's like you can't jump on my trampoline to my niece this this one is for boys you need a girl trampoline and she looks at Mm -hmm. him and she's like I don't think trampolines are gendered, <laughs> right? Damn. Mind you, they're six and seven years old. Mm-hmm. So everyone is kind of just like, ooh, like kind of looking at that. And then my nephew's like, oh, yeah, you're right. That's kind of like Xena, my cat. I can say he or she, and, and it doesn't matter because that doesn't mm-hmm. matter, right? And she's like, yeah. And then they just nice. go on to like whatever, you know. And of course, it's not a big understanding of gender and dismantling right. or whatever. But it was nice to see them have this little seven-year-old six-year-old conversation about Mm -hmm. their little understanding of gender and it not be some horrible fucking (laughs) oppressive thing it was just like Mm -hmm. you know just like look look, look what we do it here nice that's nice it might be okay you know we might be okay but yeah Mm -hmm. so that was like one of the highlights of my little family day just to see like these kids that we are nourishing kind of like understanding these ideas and concept, mm-hmm. even though none of us have really extensively had conversations with them, I think just right. how we are going about shit, they're just
0: kind of picking it up.
1: So I'm going to pull libations to my niece and nephew, Ezzy and Zuri. They don't listen to podcasts because they're six and seven.
0: Also, Ezzy said that is stupid. Yes. Be doing. Yes. So he
1: said, he <laughs> did say this podcast is stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, and Zuri
0: agreed. So I'll right. still give them that. That's their language, yeah. not ours. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, libations to them, and also libations to a really
0: nice family day last week. Nice. Pouring libations, I like pour. that. Um, Thank I'm you. a pour libations for my family day as well. I had a really good time. My mother cooked; she did an amazing fucking job. Yeah. I didn't have to do much, mm-hmm. which I'm thankful for. That. Usually, when my mother does something, I have to be involved. mm-hmm And I'm thankful that I didn't have to be that involved, yo. It was a blessing. I'm thankful for that. So libations to that, libations to my family. Mm -hmm. also want to pour libations to boundaries. I feel like sometimes I set a lot of boundaries to protect myself. And sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. Right now, I'm trying to decide on a certain boundary that I don't know if it's good or bad or not. But I'm going to rock with it. I'm going to set the boundary because it's better to be Safe in your boundary box. Then motherfucking sorry. Yeah, okay. Dead ass. So right now, before I run it by my therapist, I'm pouring libations for this boundary, okay. which I don't know yet if it's harmful or not. But this that's what I'm about to do. Okay. It's a boundary surrounding my birthday, which I take very seriously, even mm-hmm. though I forget that it's coming. I do like try to make sure that I celebrate myself, yeah. acknowledge myself, and I wanna make sure that things people vibes energies that i think are counterproductive to me doing that are not showing themselves so i, I think, think i'm gonna get ahead really of it boundary. yeah i think i'm gonna get ahead of it and be like this thing right here that happens on my birthday sometimes don't do it Uh. Uh-uh. I, I don't want it I, yeah, don't I like want that. It. so I, think I like this yeah so i think i want to i want to pour libations for boundaries they protect you You'd be so protected that you're in a box by yourself.
1: But you're protected.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's really, honestly, that's what I be thinking sometimes about my boundaries. But listen, right now, it's the best way to go. All right? (laughs) It's the best, safest way to go. I don't know what else to do. These are the tools I have. All right? So we're setting boundaries. That's what we're we're setting motherfucking boundaries. I'm going to pour libations to those bitches because you have held me down. Okay, you are there when nobody else is. My boundaries are there. (laughs) So libations to boundaries. I'm going to pour some of those before this birthday that's Mm -hmm. coming up, yo. Libations to that. Queen, can you tell folks how they can support Tea with Queen and Jay
1: podcast? Sure can. So this podcast runs on your support and there are two ways to donate at teawithqueenandjay.com. You can click the community tab to subscribe on Patreon for $2 a month. $2. Or you can send us any amount via PayPal. You can follow us on your favorite podcast app. Share this podcast on social media. Tell a friend about us. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We read all of those or wherever else you listen. All of that helps Tea with Queen and Jay grow.
0: Yes, we actually have donation libations for this week. We got one new patron, Libations to Nadja. Thank you so much for joining us on Patreon. For those of you who don't know, we do one bonus episode there a month. Now, when we say a month, yeah. we mean like when you go to your favorite Caribbean restaurant exactly. and because you really love oxtail, exactly. but you go there for oxtail, it's on the menu and they're like, we don't have that. They're out of oxtail. So that's how we do our monthly fucking bonus episode, right? So they didn't have oxtail that time. But next time you go, you're going to get mad extra oxtail gravy on your rice. It's going to be oxtail. It's going to be gravy. It's going to be extra shit. So we was going through a lot. We didn't do a bonus episode in October. Mm -hmm. We was bouncing back in November. And so now we... Oh y'all three bonus episodes so you're gonna get gonna all to get of them. them you will never not exactly. get your episodes you, you will get them not okay? always there when you call but we're always on time that's right okay? you have to just respect it like yeah. if we was your favorite caribbean restaurant exactly. if we was your favorite soul food restaurant exactly. just know just know we have what you need got it. but everything that's on the menu ain't always there yeah, necessarily you know, that, like that day but you, you get it when we got it. like
1: that we guy who say he on his way and never come and then hit you the
0: next day but you still be like alright I'll, I'll wait for you. That's right. Like that. That's right and you know he's not he's not gonna be skimpy with the fucking weed. Exactly. You know he's gonna give you an extra little something. It's yeah. always gonna be an extra little something. Supporting us on Patreon is to help keep this podcast afloat. The bonus episode episodes are bonus. You're not paying for bonus episodes. They are bonus. We give them to you. We love doing them with you, for you. You will get them for show, even though they are late, like your favorite Caribbean restaurant. Exactly. We got you, though. We don't got no more.
1: But the restaurant not is open. No, we gotta cocktail. It, it, we're just, out of it. It's just open, though.
0: There's no more. Collard greens? They're not ready yet. Mm-hmm. Later. Mm-hmm later so anyway thank you welcome welcome Naja. we've just let you know what's good <laughs> thank you for becoming a patron this is how it goes down on the patreon science. this is how it goes down that's right so yeah so thank you to everybody who continues to support us over there and we will be there with your bonus episodes
1: they'll be there and you're gonna enjoy it they'll be there going to be like, dang it, but they put in it you know, when you finally, that's right.
0: That's know? right. And it's like 17. If you haven't tapped into that, it's like 17 bonus episodes. They're okay. now ready and waiting for you to listen to. Speaking of boundaries. Are you setting one now? Are you debuting one right now? I'm not really debuting one, but I am gonna take uh <laughs> I am gonna take my birthday off. That doesn't sound next like a week. boundary.
1: Stop talking about boundaries. Are oh, you gonna set one? Oh, not really. It's not a boundary. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, because I don't really know that I feel like setting it, but I know I should. I know I need to like yeah, you do. be off or whatever. Yeah, it's your but birthday. Yes, yes, yes. So we're taking off next week for my birthday. And, um, yeah, so that is the boundary. And if you need to catch up on bonus episodes on Patreon, do that. They're there for you. They're there for you. Enjoy them. All right. Are you ready to get into this show? Yes, let's do this. All right.
1: All right. 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 right. So, what kind of tea are you drinking over there?
0: Today? I'm drinking peppermint. My period is coming. I'm trying to get my body right and ready. Wait a oh, minute. Shit. Looking at your face, That's are we about to be soaked up? Going are we sneaking up? Are you drinking
1: peppermint? I'm drinking peppermint. The period coming too. Because even though oh it's virtual, they still sink and shit. We in sync like a cycle on a submarine ship. Damn. So yeah, I drink a peppermint that. too because the period's coming okay. and all of that, and you gotta prepare for okay. all of so, yes. mm-hmm.
0: Look at us! Look at us! Look at us! <laughs> <laughs> what are your pronouns?
1: She, her. What are your pronouns?
0: She, her, they, them. And separate from my pronouns, I am not a lady. And what are you affirming for yourself this week? I'm affirming
1: that I'm going to do some movement this week. My body's been feeling Mm. really stiff, I guess, because the temperature is dropping. So I want to just make Mm -hmm. sure I keep my joints oiled and shit. So, yeah, I just want to make sure that I ride my little exercise bike that I have in this house and do morning stretches and shit. Um, Because last week when the temperature dropped, my body just felt like... (laughs) Like, mm. got really tight when I would wake up, my body would feel like, ooh, like mm-hmm. y'all can't see me, but it was like <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was a crank, you had to crank it, you had yeah, to, had to, to crank it to get it ready, yes, yeah, you had to crank it. Mm-hmm. So,
1: it's in the season where you got to crank your body when you get up, kind of like you warm up your car. When it's cold mm-hmm. out and you got to warm it up and like whatever. If you got right. an older car, I'm, you know, I'm an older car. So I got to start doing that. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. let me make sure I incorporate more movement so that I don't feel like that. Because child, I was waking up like, whoa, this sleep paralysis? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh my button? gosh. What is this? But yeah, so I'm fully affirming more movement um, going forward and shit like that. Like what are you affirming affirm- for yourself?
0: What am I affirming this week? My birthday is coming. Mm-hmm. I want to affirm once again an excellent birthday week and a month with unexpected joy. Mm-hmm. I want that. I want yes. to affirm that. Also, I'm about to do some traveling. So I want to affirm safe travel for myself and my family. That's a priority. Mm-hmm. So I want to affirm that shit. And little Henny. Little Henny's coming. She's going to yeah, have a great Henny's trip. going
1: on a vacation.
0: I love seeing little Henny on vacation, yo. She'd be a different dog. She She's do. very cute. She okay. also gets very annoying. She gets very annoying, like another <laughs> child, like a child on vacation, when they're like, you know what, you're having too much fun, <laughs> and it's it's messing with my fun now. Yeah, just showing off, down. you're doing sit too down. much. Yeah. That exactly. So, it's going to be nice, and then I'm already preparing myself mentally for when I've, I have fucking had it, because I remember our last vacation, and there were definitely it moments where I was like, you know what, I've had it. I remember it, too. I've had it, enough. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so... I am affirming all of that. Good vibes, good birthday shit, unexpected joy, and safe travels. Cool, cool. All right, all right, all
1: right, all right, all right, all right, all right,
0: all right. So, as promised, we are recapping season two of Love Life. Life. Yes. If you are somebody who doesn't care about spoilers, then you can listen in. This is... Going to be an awesome conversation about Black Love <laughs> TM. Oh gosh, I hate Black Love TM. <laughs> Me too. I hate it. So, no, not necessarily, but black people, the show Love Life, love, relationships, all of that shit. We we watched the series on HBO. We was talking about it amongst ourselves, and we was like, Oh, let's fucking do an episode on Love Life. We really love the series. Again, if you don't care about spoilers, stay tuned. If you don't care about or didn't watch the show, you'll still be able to follow along. Join us. If you care about spoilers. Stop this. stop this go watch go season finish. two of love life yeah. you do not have to watch season one watch to fuck season with season two at all you don't have to watch <laughs> no. it at all you at don't, all. don't have to watch black it. black twitter yeah, told me you... not to
1: watch season one and i listened and just skip right to season <laughs> two okay i don't know what happened if in that you watch, no idea. if
0: you need something to watch season one is not bad but it is like a whole different show it's just a different <laughs> just a different vibe well, this place is nice. It feels very divorcey in here. That's because I got a divorce. No, 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 it feels like I got the divorce. Like when I walked in, it got on me. Like it's in me. How's the single life been? I'm on all the abs, swiping up and down, left and right. Do my feet stink? No. Laundry machine's been broken, so I ran out of socks. <laughs> <laughs> So what are you doing, picking up chicks in a bookstore, like an off-brand Hugh Grant? Actually, it was Hugh Grant that got picked up by Julia Roberts. So, joke's on you. I don't know who I really am anymore. Who am I similar to? Van Jones. LeVar Burton. The black George R.R. R. Martin. Obama.
1: Classic Obama. You know you gotta work at this, right? Like, make the happiness
0: happen. What about you? My situation is different. How so? This is my business. <laughs> the banter, pretending to be someone you're not. Gotta be honest, I'm tired. It's like, every day's an adventure. Are you seeing anybody now? Oh, that's a whole story. With you, it always is. All of this is really new to me. Damn. I just don't wanna suck at this. It would be nice to have a mom and dad have. You know this weed is for chilling purposes. Not for your poetic ruminations. No, you're right. <laughs> I'm lost and I gotta break the cycle. <laughs> Hang in there. It is all worth it. The big question is what do you want? I'm just looking for something real. Different vibes. Bi- different vibe but uh, love life is an anthology slash romantic comedy series that follows a different person each season from an earlier romance to their presumed last romance so the first season was like like kind of like all of her romances and then this second season was the character marcus from the time that he gets divorced to what is presumably his final yes. romantic relationship. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like we said b- before, the show has two seasons, it's an anthology. So, we imagine every season, I guess, it'll be a whole new person. When did you hear about this series? Black Twitter <laughs> said, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Oh, the show is good. We don't like this white lady. Don't want season one. No one had a reason <laughs> not to <laughs> style, not like the woman who plays the main character in the first season. Yeah, no I one, think. No Anna one Kendrick, gave a reason. I, I believe. So the okay. not like could not could be empty, not like because she did anything, just like right. some empty, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I kept, not even kept, I'm exaggerating. I probably see that from about four people. So I was like, oh, let me mm-hmm. watch this. So then it, that's what made me watch the right. series and actually mm-hmm. skip the first season because I was just like, let me just listen to them. Otherwise, I had never heard of it, saw it. It's through social media and black people talking about it that made me watch mm-hmm. the show. How did you come about this show? Like, what made you watch this show?
0: So, same thing. I had never heard of this show mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> I I think from watching Insecure, whatever I was watching, I was seeing commercials for this season with oh, yes. William Harper Jackson.
1: I did see commercials on YouTube, but I was like, what is this? <laughs>
0: <And> <laughs> right, this nigga, right. Yeah. So, yeah. William Harper Jackson, who most people know from playing Cheaty on The Good Place, mm-hmm. I had kept seeing commercials with him, and I feel like sometimes... And I don't honestly don't know enough about him to know this. I know that I liked his character on The Good Place, but I also know that I do believe that people think he's a safe black person. So sometimes even if I see, oh, he's going to be in this show or whatever, I'm not pulled to necessarily watch, watch it because this is a this is a black person that white people like yeah which is not a problem it's no reflection on who he is as a person but it didn't say to me oh you're gonna like this right and i kept seeing him and jessica williams another black person that, that white people really like, like in, could, in the, the commercials like show, so, yeah, yeah so i was like show. okay i don't there's nothing particular about this that's speaking to me so whatever mm-hmm. but i kept seeing it right i kept seeing it And I'm a marketer's dream. You only got to show me something 20 times. And I'll be like, all right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'll watch it. So (laughs) Uh. when I went to watch it, I was like, wait, this is season two. What the heck was season one? So I went back and looked at season one. And then I remembered I had seen commercials for season one and dismissed it because it looked so white. Because mm-hmm. something about Anna Kendrick is so white. I think it's like a mixture of, I don't remember what that movie is. But most people know if you watch things, you've seen her in stuff. But I don't know if it is her features. I don't know if it's her voice. But when comedians make jokes about white people... Right, You know they're not necessarily talking about every white person, but she fits that That white person. This is a white person. You know what I'm saying? And so I saw the ads for it during the first season. And I saw this still, like, whatever the graphic was for that first season. And I was like, I don't want to watch her. I didn't like the commercials. I don't want to watch her falling in and out of love. or whatever this is, I don't need to be a part of this, right? Mm -hmm. So... Because I'm a completionist and I wanted to know what the heck was going on before I went to season two, I went and I watched season one. It's not a bad show, but it is mad white. It's mad white. The relationships are mad white. Mm -hmm. The things that happen are mad white. You know how, you know, we watch white shit all the time because the world, the colonized world is white. So we have consumed white shit. And sometimes you relate, sometimes you don't or whatever, but it was shit happening in this show. that I was like, wait, what? And I didn't, I feel like it was stuff I didn't understand because I am not a white person, right? The characters, there were non-white characters, but some of them, it was clear to me, it felt like they were there to be a non-white prop, Mm -hmm. you know, like here, let's mix it up. It's Mm -hmm. diverse looking. It didn't feel particularly.
1: It was a pamphlet. It was like the college pamphlet. Yeah. Make sure they take a picture of those kids and that they're Right.
0: Exactly. Diversity. Exactly. It was mad white. Mm-hmm. And so season two is not just like, oh, we're following this black character this season instead. But the show is also in many ways specifically black. The yeah. conversations they have are mad black. It was clear as I was watching it. Like, yo, it's black people in this writer's room. room. Like yeah. something... Mm-hmm happened something is going on this was intentional this is black all over the place right and blackness means a lot of different things to a lot of different people so of course it's going to be stuff that that's not necessarily all black people can relate to or connect with or whatever but i could tell whether me and these black people was the same kind of black people there was black people behind the lens Mm -hmm. in the writer's room they were there yeah and so i was thinking about that And I wanted to know how, why, like why is season one so different from season two? And I came up with a hypothesis that I have not been able to confirm yet in my research, right? But I do believe that this season was impacted by the murder of George Floyd Mm -hmm. and that whole great white awakening. Because the first season was so white. It was so white. So the first season premiered, May 27th, 2020. Okay. It was renewed for a second Wait, this season is your, June.
1: This is your investigative journalism
0: happening. Yes. So, yes, it is. It is. Okay. Yes, it is. So I don't know if this has been discussed. I tried to find articles on it and shit. I didn't come across any. Doesn't mean they don't exist. It doesn't mean nobody said this. But it was really hard for me to find whether or not this is a direct result of the great white awakening that took place post the murder of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Right. And everybody, for those of you who have been... Frozen in ice. George Floyd was murdered in the spring of 2020. And there was a great white awakening on the backs of black folks and other people of color who also at this time, in addition to talking about the murder of George Floyd, protesting the murder of George Floyd and other incidents of police brutality, were also taking this as an opportunity to talk about other racist shit that we're fucking tired of and fed up with Mm -hmm. and been talking about but hadn't had... This collective moment of we're in a global pandemic. People are sitting at home. People are paying attention. Everybody is watching this one thing in the way that they hadn't been watching before, right? And so personally, I think based on the changes behind the camera and on screen, I do think that this series is a product of that great white awakening. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, let me see who the fuck was behind the scenes on the first season so I could tell maybe... You know, maybe it's not a great shift. Maybe it's just they knew they wanted to tell a story. Yeah, they're telling a story this season about a black dude. So, of course, they got black writers. Maybe it was as simple as that, right? Maybe they were. Maybe they did have a variety of diverse people behind the lens last season. I don't know. So, I looked up IMDb, Mm -hmm. check out the writer's room, looked at all their bios, all their pictures, everybody to see, okay, what's good, right? First season writer's room, writer creator is a white guy, head story, writer... Story editor, white person, showrunner, writer, white person, two other white writers. And then there are two white writers who who I would call white presenting. To me, they are obviously people of color, Mm -hmm. but I look at them. One of them could play an Italian in a movie, and the other one looks to me to be Asian, but also I think could pass on the right day. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the writer's room, the first season. Six directors, all white, except for one. Who I believe was Indian. I think I looked at her wiki, um, but either way, they were they were person of color. Got but it. all directed by white folks, except for that one person of color or white or white presenting folks. So to me, mm-hmm. that is not okay. No, to me, it is not okay to have one, two, three, four, five, six directors direct ten episodes of a series, and they all be white folks and. One person of color to me that does not seem balanced, it's you not know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, balance means so. Balance means
1: balance, exactly. Don't balance that exactly.
0: So, for and this is why to me it didn't seem like oh, we're just gonna, you know. We're unaffected by what's happening in the world, and we just happen to get mad diverse this season. No. Something happened, because it was too white last season. It didn't happen
1: in a vacuum. Mm -mm.
0: It was too white. It didn't happen in a vacuum. So this season... Oh, wait. Actually, it was other shit going on, besides just writers' directors. A British woman was a narrator of the first season, which to me is... A very white thing to do, but yeah. okay. I see what they was trying to do and make it. You know, you do nar- narration is often a British accent to make it seem more official. You know, Americans have a reverence for on that on fucking for accent. English accents, yeah. Yes, British women did the accent. The montages were mad white. The first season they did montages of a bunch of different couples doing different stuff or whatever. Like before they did went it, into a scene a or an scene? episode, you know they love frisbees. They <laughs> I don't remember, <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised. I don't Frisbees. remember. They love to fall in love, but they had a scene where of like couples going to couples therapy, and it was like all white couples, and and maybe like it, it looked to me clearly like they sprinkled in the obligatory non-white person Got right it. into mm-hmm. each. It was like I'm a. Sprinkle in that one obligatory non-white person. So between the British person, the montages, season one, it seemed like a bunch of white people from Whiteman County sat in a white room with wheat paper and fucking white out and whipped up white series. That's what it seemed like to me. Just a fucking white, white show. So the narrator for season two was Keith David voice legend mm-hmm. gargoyle yeah. what else was he in He's in was he in greenleaf is that the show i think so i never watched it never watched that show but i think so so he did the voiceover for this really good voiceover really good voiceover fantastic so good Fan fucking tastic this
1: is the
2: story of marcus watkins
0: oh my gosh all right so season two they added an additional Showrunner, so a co-showrunner. So, uh Rochelle R. Williams is added, black person, mm-hmm. co-showrunner. The writers' room expands. From what I saw on IMDb, it looked like about ten people in the writers' room, and one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five black folks. I'm gonna say four and a possible, because one I wasn't sure about, but I'm. A... <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they were a black person. Yeah, I was Um, (laughs) I don't know. I don't want to deny anybody. I don't want to deny anybody. So I'm going to say four and a possible, maybe five. I just, you know, I don't know. Um, And then three people of color. If you look like you have to
1: show your parents, then that's just what it is.
0: Right, right. Three (laughs) people of color. And then the creator of the show is a white person. So he's still in the room as Mm -hmm. well as another writer who was on for a season and acted as a showrunner Mm -hmm. or whatever. So she stayed on as well. But the rest of the room all black or people of color right so it made a huge difference in the storytelling and i actually think it would have fucking helped to have more people of color in the room in the last series because the shit is based in fucking new york there's so many people who watched the second season who didn't
1: watch the first right yes because of the diversity in the second season we Um, all could have been watching the first you lost out on motherfuckers because mm-hmm. y'all are fucking white supremacists. It was
0: really, it was really fucking white. Felt very white. Season two directors were all people of color except for the creator of the show, mm. according to my list, mm-hmm. which I got from IMDb. So, uh, three black folks, two other people of color, and then the creator also did some directing. So, huge difference in the vibe, huge difference in what we got in a story. And I do believe. While I appreciate that they stack the deck with people of color to produce a series that centered people of color. Mm -hmm. I also think that when we tell stories, general stories, like the thing with white people, even though the main character of the first season. Yes, there are elements of her whiteness that are a part of this story because white people fucking... Are the fucking white majority and their experience is based on being that majority. Mm -hmm. There's nothing specifically cultural about it that a black person or another person of color could not have contributed to in the fucking writer's room as a fucking director. It's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. know their shit. It's more yes. likely that a
1: white person would be in a writer's room, not knowing the experience of a black person. But it's less likely that a black person would be in a writer's room and not know the experience of a white person. There you go. It doesn't that that doesn't happen for us that
0: way. Facts, facts. So yeah, so I just I thought that was really interesting. It to me it felt like such an obvious product of the Great White Awakening. But it's not a bad season, just very white. So if you have if you are at the bottom of what you need to watch or what you, you know your cue of like what can i watch or whatever it's not it's not a bad There's if you're into a rom-com
1: you gotta make a point
0: to <laughs> make love the sex the
1: the season two have the more ratings so they need to understand why diversity mm-hmm. blah, blah 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 you mm-hmm.
0: know like
1: we mm-hmm. like come on don't watch that right. other season let's prove a point <laughs>
0: Let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to get into this Black Love TM. Aren't you excited to talk about Black Love? Black love? No. Black love. Black (laughs) love. How do you love a black woman? No. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to break down the episodes when we come back.
1: Thank you so much for listening to Tea with Queen and Jay. This is a black ass womanist race nerd podcast dedicated to dismantling white supremacist patriarchal capitalism.
0: Yes. To quote Bell Hooks, we have to constantly critique imperialist white supremacist patriarchal culture because it is normalized by mass media and rendered un problematic here at Team with pnj podcast we are dedicated to that critique and promoting highlighting and introducing alternate ways of existing and resisting the fuck shit that is oppressive systems through the podcast events trainings
1: and panels we rely on your support to sustain this work sustainability <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's important. There are a few ways that you can support Tea with Queen and Jay. You can rate us five stars on Apple
1: Podcasts. That's a big help, and it lets people know... That we are current and people like
0: what we do here. That's right. You can tell all your favorite people about us. You can also give us your money. Give it
1: to us. There are two ways to donate. Two. You can go to our website, teawthqueenandj.com. It's loud down on our homepage. And there's where we have two options. Two. Our first option is our PayPal option. And that is where you can give however much you want. And we have our Patreon option. And that's where we're asking for a little bit more commitment. Just $2 a month. $2. You can give more or less, but that is us. Up to you. All of our patrons have access to one bonus episode a
0: month and all previous bonus episodes. Another great way to support Tea with Queen and Jay is to become a sponsor. If you would like to sponsor us, if you'd like to hear your ad on Tea with Queen and Jay podcast or see it on social media, email us at Tea with Queen and J at gmail.com. We also do trainings. You can hire us to speak at your school or organization about white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, dismantling white supremacy in the workplace, womanism, Black Feminism Podcasting, some other shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast, or if you'd like us to do a COVID-safe live show or consult you or your team, send us your T-mail at teawithqueenandj.com. Thank you so much for fucking with us. Thank you so much for all the support. Hey, Black women. Hey, Black femmes. Hey, Black people. I always thought that I would marry a Black woman somewhere down the line, but then I just ended up with Emily, so. That's really romantic. Oh, well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> and we're black. All the time. All right, so each episode of Love Life on HBO is named after a person and centers that relationship and tells the story in somewhat of a sequential order. So we're going to go somewhat in episode order yeah. and kind of talk mm-hmm. about the themes of the show and what attracted us to this series and kind of like why we why we enjoyed it. Yes. Why we enjoyed. (laughs) That's what happened.
1: You was talking about the white people and that white season that you don't even know why you're here anymore.
0: (laughs) You're absolutely you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So Queen, before we get into episode by episode, what would you say was like a takeaway, or something that stuck with you that made you want to talk about the series?
1: One of the main things that made me want to talk about this series is I like the way that they wrote Marcus. Marcus mm-hmm. Watkins, the main character, and it reminds me also of how I'm seeing them in Insecure, right, Lawrence. So the similarity mm-hmm. that I'm seeing is that it's, these are these men who are, in quotations, the good guys, who mm-hmm. are you know, the ones that you, people will say, you should date him. You should be with him. You should right.
0: love her. He's the one, he's the guy that you recommend to your friend who you care about. Yes. Introduced to somebody exactly. you love.
1: He's also mm. the guy that if you don't date, then it's like, well, that's what you get for not dating that person. Whatever harmful or bad relationship you win, it's your fault. You should have dated Marcus. You should have been with Marcus. He mm. was a good guy. You know, like all of that shit um, that we are kind of like, penalized for when it comes to women who date men and how we choose and who we choose i like that i'm seeing these black men characters be good guys but still be very flawed still be the Mm -hmm. reasons why relationships don't work still be the people who can't communicate well still seeing these things because usually when the man exists in these black love tm shows there's this perfect man who was like, be with him. And then there's abusive fuck, and then that's it. And there's no nuance, Mm -hmm. and there's no medium. And if she chooses to be with the abusive fuck, that's what she gets. And then the true black love is she picks this perfect, person and it's like Mm -hmm. that doesn't even actually exist so what are we like fucking selling each other about relationships any fucking way like the good guy there is still going to be some stuff there like work is going to have to happen they're not going to be perfect you're going to see them not not be perfect you're going to see them you're going to see the relationships fall apart because of them also even though they're not beating your ass or being a jerk or these are likable men Who are still not great at relationships. Because that's really what it is. And a lot of us date Mm -hmm. men like that. And when we decide to break up with these kinds of men. Because I've experienced this. You have as well. When we Mm -hmm. decide to break up with these kinds of men. When we decide to maybe date someone else. Everything's our fault.
0: Yes. I it's can the men say that we
1: choose. We choose bad. That's why bad stuff yeah, happens. Yeah, and that's you like, choosing the wrong men. Exactly. Why are you attracting all these bad men? Exactly. And it's like yeah. that's not the truth. So I, I do like seeing these characters written because that is the experience of a lot of women, in particular black women. So it's nice to mm. see that. Usually it's just there's a jerk who is a jerk to everybody. You should know mm. better. You should have knew he was a piece of shit. No one in this whole show. Movie, whatever, even fucking liked him, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you should have picked the other likable person. But now we're seeing these likable black men also be floored make mistakes, yeah. not be right. too smart, not be. It's too not present. a Tyler
0: Perry movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. Not be too present. <laughs> Tyler Perry have it be like a demon. <laughs> It'd be a dark skinned person who, of course, has to be the demon because it's a Tyler Perry movie, yes. right? So it'd be a demon of a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. It'd be a demon, like nothing redeemable, no redeemable qualities. They'll punch your grandmother in the face and steal her social security check and then sleep <laughs> with your best friend. And then it's like a good, angelic, hardworking, hardworking man. man with frizzy cornrows. Who just needs, who you gotta fix see your his potential. Or some shit. Yeah, just needs, you know, he just wants to love you. If you pick the blue-collared worker and not chase then you this wouldn't lawyer, have got HIV. Then, yep.
1: you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just. And it's, I
0: say the HIV thing because that's what happens. That happened in, in, in the movie. movies. Yes. Okay, yes.
1: But that's generally what we get. Or when we get mm-hmm. to the love TM, we sacrif- the black woman
0: sacrifices <sighs> something.
1: So, love and basketball. Yeah you know you know it's just like it's,
0: yeah she it's, wins she wins a man as a reward for suffering yeah
1: exactly
0: suffer that and yeah, you gotta suffer to get to get like, to get the man <sighs>
1: mm-hmm. so i liked not <laughs> seeing her <laughs> suffer to get the man and i also like seeing this kind of very nuanced character this black man character in ways that i don't generally see but i think Women, we know this. When black women who date black men, we know this. We know this exists. I do mm-hmm. think it's important for black men to see this shit because they really think that they're, why am I they're not really being chose in quotations yeah. because, or because I'm not, because I don't beat women and I'm mm-hmm. not a gangster. They don't like me. No, nigga. Maybe it's because you you're a flawed. fucking robot. Yes, you have. You're, yes. you're a robot. You're flawed. You don't have a You your last girlfriend. You can't communicate. Like, mm-hmm. it's other things just because you your don't. butt hurt. <laughs> <laughs> just because you're not a physically abusive
0: right doesn't mean and you're, not you're not beating abusive.
1: my eyeball out does not yeah. mean that you are good at relationships yeah. and they dead ass think that i got a job mm-hmm. the what i do too <laughs> like what that mean <laughs> so i do like seeing low. black men characters written in this way in this very nuanced mm-hmm. way because i'm tired of the fake good guy Well, that's what you picked. And it all rounds up to, like, the choices that black women make when it comes to black love. That's why I don't like black love TM. TM, Mm -hmm. Because it Mm -hmm. all amounts to the choices that black women made. And it's just like, why is this our responsibility? Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) It's two people in this relationship. right? Like, what the fuck? So, yeah. That's what really, really, like, drew me to the... Okay. Kept going and was like, yeah, we got to talk about it. Like, all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. Why do you want to talk about this? What do you
0: love about this? I loved the way they talked about this kind of black guy mm. like the kind of black guy that white people are comfortable being around yeah i don't think that they penalize him for being that kind of person mm-hmm. i think it is though a discussion because we yes. are not a monolith it's a lot of different kinds of black people and i think that's also shown in the series it's mm-hmm. different like all the black dudes in the show are different, different kinds of black dudes yep. The black women are different kinds of black women. And I really appreciated that. And I like the way that it confronts within the show, it confronts the great white awakening post the murder of George Floyd from mm-hmm. the lens of black people. Yes. And I really appreciated that kind of open dialogue, especially on this show that white people are watching yes. because they are obsessed with William Jackson Harper.
1: They uh, Did That's, they keep
0: watching it? They could have turned
1: it on and was like, there's a, a nigger.
0: <laughs> it, off. it might have been when they discovered that beyonce was black it might have been like the same vibes wait chidi is a black man because on the good place they did not address the fact that chidi was a black man it's a great show and honestly part of why i like it might be oh, that it didn't really race address shows? race yeah race and shows. it and it was it was diverse the cast was very diverse and it just it was about this other wild shit like they was in heaven it was a whole different like we're not even on earth anymore so we're just playing games but he was a likable character and his race wasn't really addressed you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. but you know you're right this might be the series where they discovered that this man is black (laughs) it's a black man yeah so it's funny when white people discover a black person is black (laughs) right as if any of us ever forget so Mm -hmm. let's get into it each episode is named after a character series starts with mia hines who is played by comedian actor jessica williams of two dope queens this episode starts with marcus's divorce and so he's remember that what is that from i think that's
1: one of those black romantic comedies, and he found out his wife was <laughs> cheating on him. So he was like, we're getting ready for our divorce. And he clinked the glass. let's Taye No.
0: Anyway, yeah. So the first episode kind of introduces us to him and his white wife, mm-hmm. who is fairly harmless, except for the fact that she's white and doesn't get certain things. And it kind of highlights, which what I don't understand is how... Totally cool with interracial relationships, dating, whatever. Don't care. Have at it. It's great. I've done yeah. it before. Wouldn't do again. Not, you know, Yeah. not I- a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Not for me, but cheers to everybody who does it. It's great. It's fantastic. No issue. What I don't understand, I guess, at my age, I guess, which I have to say is probably really what it is, is not having certain conversations about race before you... Interracially, I don't somebody. understand. He had been with this person from when they were, maybe that's a part of it too. He had been with his wife, his white wife, since college, it seemed. And they hadn't talked about, like, well, how do you see me? What black person do I remind you of? Like, how do you know that your white wife is not the kind of person who's going to be like, you remind me of Obama because you're so well spoken. Like, how has that never come up in some other kind of way?
1: I had assumed that that was because of his intense cold switching that he. Right. Because as a person who doesn't have to cold switch at all anymore at this point in my life and Mm -hmm. who would. Try to make sure I didn't, even though sometimes you fall into it, it's a survival thing. Nice. I was like thinking the same thing. But then I'm like, I don't know the levels of code switching that people do. I didn't go to a PWI. I'm not in a relationship with white people. I never had to Mm. appease some white ass fucking parents to make them like me. I've never had to work somewhere where most of the people around me was white. You know, so all of those layers of survival and appeasing whiteness, there has to be a point where you can't just flip right back. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you kind of get lost in it. And I think that's what... I think that's what was being revealed to him Mm -hmm. with that. And maybe Mia is like the switch, not the switch, but like the, wait a minute. Am I like, who am I? Am I being myself? Mm -hmm. Wait, does this person that I love even know me because I've been, Cold switching and we do talk about right. it in other episodes when he realizes that there's like this difference or whatever the fuck or like, you know you mm-hmm. know but i think he's just been so engulfed in cold switching and appeasing these right. systems for survival that he probably mm-hmm. lost himself a little bit and i think Facts. this happens to uh, you know black people all the time
0: or you know whatever but yeah and they kind of actually now that you mention it they kind of speak to that in the episode because in the narration they talk about how he's been like kind of a chameleon and he can adjust to any room. And that's Mm -hmm. just kind of like what he does. So that, that I could definitely see that happening. And I just, I also think about like earlier versions of myself when I have interracially dated,
1: Mm -hmm. like
0: what if I ended up with that person? I'm sure while I was of a certain kind of liberation mindset, I'm sure there are conversations that I have now openly that maybe I didn't even know I needed to have back that Mm -hmm. many years ago when I was still entertaining potentially dating white people similar
1: ways where you women who date men and realize wait this motherfucker is a misogynist right
0: right because there are
1: things that we do for survival for Mm -hmm. for companionship for whatever the fuck where you kind of just might let certain things go Mm -hmm. especially talking to women who date men you are taught to kind of like do that and like right you know adhere to systems in that way so it's kind Mm of you know similar like i'm sure there's mad women who wake up and it's like who the fuck what (laughs) right (laughs) and that kind of similar way so although i would hope this kind of thing would never happen to me like who knows i might wake up next to a misogynist too or Mm -hmm. you know whatever the fuck although i don't think I can relate. I think I can see how that how can happen like yeah, like, sure a thing, you know?
0: Yeah. Right. Right, right, right. So, he meets Mia. So, as we mentioned, Mia is played by Jessica Williams. So, he meets this black woman at a party. And it's all pretty casual and innocent. She has a boyfriend. He has a wife. Yes. Or it seems on the surface casual and innocent, even though it's clear that they kind of vibing and are drawn to each other and are, you know, making new friends or whatever and they hang out they go to a museum one night they hang out and mia asks marcus if he's ever dated a black woman before mm-hmm. and he tells her yeah I, you know i've dated a black woman he's like she's like have you ever been in a serious relationship with a black woman mm-hmm. and he kind of he doesn't confirm no but the answer is no and they both kind of laugh yeah and he reveals that he's always been afraid of messing it up with a black woman he's been afraid mm-hmm. that he would somehow fuck it up and so it's been easier for him to just he kind of he says he just kind of ended up he thought he would end up marrying a black woman but he kind of just was with emily he ended up marrying her mm-hmm. what did you think about this conversation of him being afraid to mess things up with a black woman
1: i didn't think much of it because it just sound like an excuse <laughs> like mm-hmm. like it just sound like an excuse it just sounds like it just sounded like something he came up with then. Like, I don't think he mm-hmm. consciously thought of that. Like, he met a, he met his wife in college. Like, was he actually thinking about not messing it up with a black woman? Or was he thinking about what just came easy for him? Which I think a, that's right. how a lot of men date. Like, they go, what kind of came easy? This came easy. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't take much thought when he said that. Because I just thought it was just, like, a silly excuse. Like, whatever, man. Like, I didn't take it as anything how did you you took that as something
0: i took it as i feel like we as black women sometimes are like desexualized dehumanized by our male counterparts in the ways in which they see us in service to them and the community so like this thing of like we're the pillars of strength or seriousness and you don't want to mess it up with one of them because we are this kind of like important of service at the same time, superhero fucking mule of the fucking community type person. You know what I'm saying? So like, it felt like, To your point, like, it's easier. It's just easier to do what I've been doing and dating white women or whatever because the burden of black women, the burden that comes along with the shit that black women have to deal with, I don't have to deal with. So I agree with you that it could have just been an excuse. I don't think
1: he actually sat and thought about that. He would just, that was Mm -hmm. just an excuse. Like, you went with what's Mm -hmm. easier. Black women based on the example you just gave sound like work sounds right. like a standard you have to keep up to sounds like mm-hmm. you have to like examine yourself in these ways that you probably don't have to with white women because it's just e- right. it's just you know just easier you know
0: just mm-hmm. did what it was mm-hmm. easy right 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 so he hangs out with mia they don't technically do anything illicit he goes over to her place they eat they talk they're sitting close on the couch nobody touches anyone inappropriate they're just being close to the
2: googly and
0: eyes though googly eyes it's clearly a date they're yeah. hanging out as friends but it's clearly a date yes. the vibes are date there's no touching nothing quote-unquote bad happens or whatever right but they've been texting as friends. They've been texting back and forth all this time. We don't know if it's only been, you know, two, three weeks, a month, whatever, but it's an ongoing yeah, they're texting. Yeah. texting. They're texting and talking every day, right?
1: They're texting and talking, but this is not like a friend because if it was a friend, it would be someone that his wife knew about. Right. If this was just a right. friend and a casual friend and it wasn't a thing, your wife would know that you have this new friend. Mm-hmm. She does not know about this person.
0: Yep. <laughs> Good point. Good yeah. point, good point, good point.
1: Because the good God would say, it's just a friend. Okay, so if it's yep. just
0: a friend. Yep. I went to hang out with my friend so-and-so. Yeah, you should he meet her. Say he doesn't Da-da-da-da. say anything. It's all of this stuff he keeps right. to himself. hmm So. She's his new black friend. Secret yeah. Who he wants to <laughs> date. and Shag. So he decides, after talking to his friends, he decides he is going to cut the shit. With Emily, he talks to his friends. He kind of also uh, shows up to her apartment to give her a, a get well bag and her boyfriend is there and he like kind of, he snaps out of it. He snaps out of the whole thing. Yeah, he goes Why to give her a he... get well
1: package and her boyfriend answers the door and he's like, you know, what the fuck am I doing with me? This is
0: not this is right. not, this is not what I should be doing. Yeah. He snaps out of it. He goes home to talk to his wife, set things straight like we're because she had asked him a few times, hey, you're okay? Da-da-da-da. Goes home to talk to his wife and Emily has discovered on the tablet on the fucking iPad. ipad or whatever the fuck well, his all of the texts mm-hmm. all the messages there she read all of that shit and let me tell you cheating and the fucking sinking of ipads every fucking cheating story i've ever heard yes comes to life why do these men fucking apple ipad apple sync every why cheating they- story yes. that i have heard yes Every single one. It's the dinging of the messages showing up on this iPad you forgot about. Yep. It's the fucking you're on your phone and you let somebody use your computer and, and they're seeing the, it's, the it's, messages it's, pop it's up t- on your computer. Why do y'all
1: connect that shit if you do that? See, I have don't a have cheating tip. I have a cheating tip.
0: Oh, tell us.
1: All right. If you have an iPhone and you use iMessenger, if you are cheating, you should turn off your iMessenger and just do the green text with people because it doesn't oh, pop up into the cloud at facts. all. Okay, mm-hmm. I learned that mm-hmm. from Scam Goddess. <laughs> that's that's the truth. But that's what you do. But like like, or you use WhatsApp, or mm-hmm. you use you know what I'm saying. There's so much technology. Yeah. But y'all simpletons. You can
0: sync WhatsApp to your computer too. But yeah, but you don't.
1: Who is doing that? If you're doing that, you really want to be caught.
0: I was doing something. You want to be? I'm also not in a relationship. You are
1: single. Who is doing that as a cheating person?
0: Mm-hmm. Got to be quicker than that. so she he goes home she's seen all the texts she's like she starts reading stuff back and she starts she reads back that his family calls emily spicy because she said the yams was too spicy which is hilarious
1: Hilarious because when is a yam ever
0: (laughs) never that's how you know okay it's black people in the writer's room now we're talking about spice (laughs) the family calls her spicy and you know that is something a black family would do how spicy? Oh. Like, all you got to do, just fuck up one time. We're going to call you that shit for the all rest time. of your life. That's going to be your name. That's what I thought is. that was hilarious, but she was sitting there crying. <laughs> so she wants a divorce. Yes. She's read these messages. Mm-hmm. She wants a fucking divorce. They talked about it. We find out the next episode, they talked about it for a few days, and it ended with, she's like, I want a divorce. Yeah. Marcus didn't fight it or whatever. If you're married, Naima, Queen. Queen, if no, you're married, you find married. these messages. Do you want a divorce? Do you married. want to break up? <laughs> Right, you're right you're right start there <laughs> you're right let's start there. let's just move on to episode. <laughs> <laughs> so the next episode he meets this young woman at a bar paloma uh she looks like a person of color but not a black person yeah. this is right after the divorce so mm-hmm. we, episode two we meet divorced marcus he's back out here trying to figure that not shit he. out he's for the streets and again. he is struggling mm-hmm. he's struggling because he hasn't been single in forever and what is happening and at this stage of his life, he thought he would be, you know, he was in a sta- stable, comfortable kind of zone. Mm-hmm. He's not expecting to be out there again. So episode two is Paloma. He meets this person. He goes home with her and then discovers that she is actually a 22-year-old who lives what in a dorm. dorm. She's an RA in the dorm. <laughs> and the only reason I'm bringing this up is because one of the most hilarious moments of mm-hmm. the season happens. So he goes to the door. He's like, wait, do I have to sign in? Like, what the heck? <laughs> She's like, no, I'm 22. It's not like I'm underage. Yep. I'm legal. It's fine. You know, he's already like been drinking. He's on an Adderall. He's like, well, maybe it is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, he's in this weird place. He goes to the front desk to sign in, and it's a black yeah. security guard sitting there looking at him with the only disgust. Yes. or Every,
1: every judgment to look you could think of is black in this man's
0: face. Black judgment. <laughs> black judgment. There's no greater shame. Then when you see the face of another black person judging you like that, there's <laughs> a black man there who look like maybe he's like like maybe five, ten years his senior or whatever, but not like an old man, just regular black dude sitting there in his security stuff. He throws the the little thing to sign mm-hmm. what is that thing clipboard yeah, throws yes. the clipboard on the desk for him to sign marcus gives him his id he throws his id back <laughs> at him he's looked the face of that actor because that actor he need to put that in have his any fucking words, acting real no a lot words of no black judgment it was so good. so good there's no greater shame than the feeling of judgment from another black person <laughs> like when you know it's justified when you know they're right it's like oh my god that was real. But basically, that episode is really just a sign of him kind of spiraling and it's kind of this wild Being night with this match. younger person. Yeah, not really knowing what he's doing. And all of doing. that. Yeah, yeah. But when I saw it, I was like, these there are black writers in this writer's room, yeah. okay? This is black judgment. And then it's
1: like the disgust could have been for two things, because this person is not black and also because this is a kid. What the fuck are you... Like, the way he gave back mm-hmm. the ID was like, <laughs> like,
0: mm-hmm. you're too old for it.
1: Like, right? what the fuck yes. are you doing? Signing into a dorm room. Are you serious?
0: He was disgusted. It was so good. That was excellent acting. It was right there. It really was. All right. So he also has a fight with Mia that night. Oh, he had met up with her before connecting with the twenty-two year old. That's a, another reason why he was spiraling. And mm-hmm. he meets up with her, and they have this. It, it seems like an innocent kind of conversation. And then it leads into them, him kind of blowing up at her. Like, yo, listen, like, that night we spent together, it's it blew wild. up my life. And yeah. she was like, it was just a dumb night. So it was just kind of this back and forth over the fact that he got divorced because of this emotional affair mm-hmm. that he was having with Mia. And Mia kind of, like, brushing it off a little bit. Like, dude, So they have an argument. So dude, that's that's that. your
1: problem. What that got to do with me? But I enjoy. Because what that what they had to do with
0: her? It was true. It was true. The only thing that I had with her in that moment is she said, if she hadn't said this, I would totally agree with you. But she said, I'm sorry you misunderstood. When to me, it was clear that she was participating in this emotional affair. It was clear that they both liked each other. And that to me was the thing that made it like weird. Like the, I'm sorry, you misunderstood. Not that he should have done whatever he did. Like he was the one who's in, in a marriage. But that's what, what made it kind of feel like games. A little bit to me because yeah, I, like I think
1: there were games but I do think that as a single person you can play games a little bit more you could well she wasn't right. single she was not married yeah. I mean you could play games a little more you can be a little more
0: careless you can whatever right. as a
1: married person
0: in a monogamous marriage in a monogamous marriage, <laughs> a monogamous
1: yeah. marriage why you what like mm-hmm. your marriage yeah. ended because of you mm-hmm. don't say that like yes she probably shouldn't have said that but you are the person who committed to a person monogamously and you fucked that up don't
0: put that on me like that's not that's not my shit that's your shit good points good points episode three is called destiny mathis marcus actually goes back home we get to meet his family it is his parents wedding anniversary yes Yeah, his parents' wedding anniversary that him and his sister played by Punky Johnson, I believe her last name is. She's from Saturday Night Live. And we've seen her, I think, yeah, we see her episode two. We meet her after the divorce. Yeah. But yeah, they have a really great vibe. So I liked her character a lot. But we see them go back to their parents' house. They travel to where? I don't know. Illinois? Michigan? I don't know. We don't know. Some places with houses. <laughs> Some place yeah, with houses. One of those, one of those places with houses. <laughs> they go back there and his mom is played by Janet Hubert, Dark Skin and Viv. Yes, love it. I it's love seeing her things. We love to see it. But I also have beef. We'll talk about it. Okay. All right. So Janet Hubert plays his mom. He ends up connecting with this girl he used to tutor in high school named Destiny Mathis. That's why the episode is named Destiny Mathis. They hook up. His mom crosses a boundary and then invites Destiny. Because he had mentioned meeting up with her, she invites Destiny to the anniversary party. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that kind of turns things upside down because his mom is crossing a boundary. Marcus kind of just hooked up with her. It's kind of like supposed to be a one night thing. And now he's seeing her again. Again mm-hmm. at this thing but really the episode is about the dynamics of marcus and his family what did you think about the dismissiveness that his parents had towards his relationship with emily towards his divorce and his relationship with that white woman so and i say it like that because that's kind of the vibe yeah, that his parents no, were that, giving his dad is like word yeah his dad is like, did you ca- did you take care of that Emily situation? And he's like, you mean my divorce from my wife <laughs> After he proposed Why it's revealed that after like he that. Pro- <laughs> exactly <laughs> everything all good with that uh situation. what? <laughs> it's revealed oh that his mom told Marcus after he proposed to Emily, she told Marcus uh, not to cut off his options. You know, like just a general, Mm -hmm. like dismissiveness of his relationship. I think
1: a few things happened here because Mm -hmm. as I got to know Marcus's character. So, yes, his mother, his parents did not want him with that white girl. We know that. Mm -hmm. But I think on top of that, they saw Marcus not being himself. They saw this different version of whoever the fuck Marcus was and probably connected it to her. Not really connected Mm. it to all of the reasons that he cold switches and appeases other things. He even does things to appease them in ways. like That's who he is. He pleases the people who are around him. But because she is easily to point out at because she's just this white person this white girl in the Mm -hmm. room that they attribute all of that to her and attach Mm -hmm. all of that to her and it's like nah he've actually been conditioned to do this probably since childhood to kind of always appease the people around him so this is an instance where you're seeing him appeasing someone that's not you and it's like Mm -hmm. oh it's the white girl and it's like nah it's like other pieces to that but then no one is going to address that no one is going to like say that's what it is because it's easy to just be like well he's you know i don't like him marrying this white girl or it's easy mm-hmm. for him to understand their annoyance with her as they don't like that she's a white girl where they it right. could also be because they notice him being a different person less of himself right around mm-hmm. her when she's around like who's this marcus you know like all of these things mm-hmm. that they're seeing not being direct about it being shady parents because How do you just call her situation Mm -hmm. like that? But I think it's a lot of those pieces, but they never really actually had a conversation about it. The parents never say you seem like a different person with this person. Mm -hmm. He never says, or maybe he does, but he just attributed it all to being white. And they're like, it's not that, but they never exactly Mm -hmm. say what it is. So that's what I think. That's a good point. That is what that is all about. But it's just easy to just say white. It's because white. And it's like, nah, it's Mm -hmm. kind of like all these
0: other other things mm-hmm. but i think yeah i think i think you're on target with that for sure did you have anything else i that? wanted to just
1: talk about my janet hubert beef so like you said janet hubert is playing his mom and i'm always really excited when i see her in things now it's really great to see her but then there's always mm-hmm. a piece of me that really just gets upset because if you know the history of janet hubert dark skinny and vib Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, there was a, this huge issue that Will Smith had with her for years and this black woman mm-hmm. has been blacklisted in Hollywood for like years, painted right. evil, hard to work with and all of this stuff. So when I see her in things now, I'm happy she's in things now, but it's like she could have been been in things. She could have right. been acting. Why was people adhering to whatever blacklist Will decided mm-hmm. to put her on? Like,
0: like, right, right. like for yeah, for anybody who doesn't know, Janet Hubert and Will Smith kind of had a come to Jesus moment during the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion mm-hmm. in 2020. So they had this kind of public conversation. Yes. And so you're saying that you feel like things have shifted in terms of her career and where we've seen yeah, her post that conversation. Yeah, which is, you know, of course, I welcome that for
1: her. You know, I want that right. for her, but it just really makes me upset how this woman was shut out for so long. I could have way mm-hmm. more memories of this person as an actor. She's a really good actor that I do mm-hmm. not have. Because everybody adhered to whatever fucking narrative that they put on this black woman, you know. So it's like a
0: bittersweet feeling when I see her. Right. To be fair, so I checked her IMDB and she had worked like she has credits and shit for every year since Will Smith. Multiple credits. I think a lot of that stuff was in stuff that we wasn't watching. Yeah. Or Mm -hmm. she would have like a one-off thing here or there. She was on a soap opera for a minute. And so I looked at those. And this year, so far, it does look like she's had more work than in previous years but it's kind of hard to tell because it seems like this year is the the busiest but three of the projects that are on her imdb for this year or right now that the year is unmarked still but they're in post-production so like let's say they come out in 2022 or whatever it's gonna say Twenty twenty two on there or whatever. So like the reason I say that is because this year compared to other years, it looks like she's working about the same. It feels just like the visit the maybe the level of visibility. She
1: probably is working about the same, but she's in more popular stuff is not now. The same. Like she right, always true. kept a job. Larger production she, she's stuff. Never denied yeah. a job, but now she's right. in more popular stuff. I'm sure the bag mm-hmm. is better. I'm sure that she's able yeah. to like you know she's in Mm -hmm. she's I was watching the real OG the other day she's in that now she was on polls. she was like she's on these very popular shows on Mm -hmm. very big networks that I was not seeing her on before and there was a reason for that Mm -hmm. and that was Mm -hmm. messed up so when I see her I'm excited but it's also bittersweet that Janet Hubert had to be like D-list for how long of her Mm -hmm. career because of this beef yeah, that a teenager, fucking teenager, made up. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's That's always really bittersweet it. when I see how I kind of want to punch Will Smith in the face, but you know, mm-hmm. really, yeah. we're kind of all getting collectively annoyed with him. So I appreciate
0: that. Episode four, Ola Adibayo. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> This is the Black Love episode. And we say that because she fucking says Black Love in the episode. So it's the Black Love episode. He connects with Ola, who is a struggling playwright. And they end up in this serious relationship, supportive relationship, loving relationship. Also, Black Love TM weird. Like, why are we saying Black Love out loud? Why are we... What is happening right now? She calls him a king. When I watched it the second time, I saw where the reference came from. It wasn't out of the blue, but then it became this thing that she would do. I figured they did that with her because she was like
1: into crystals. Like I felt like it was like one of those kind of like those kind of black women like they exist like the black mm-hmm. women who do believe in that shit so they do exist mm-hmm. so i guess that they mm-hmm. were showing that but it really got on my nerves too
0: <laughs> yeah she it, she was supposed to be a certain kind of person who says black love out loud mm-hmm. like that's the character yeah. like it didn't see it wasn't an accident it wasn't like a she exists she exists yes she and i went to college with her okay not yeah in my friend group she, but um <laughs> hey she exists so basically They enter in this relationship. They end up moving in together because she has some trouble in her apartment. He's trying to show up and be more supportive. He's in a space now where he's ready to kind of get back into having real authentic relationships with people. And so it seems like maybe they kind of rush this thing. He gets to a point where he's unable to get erect now that they're living together and in a more serious relationship. He has issues in the bedroom and he runs into Mia. They have a conversation who's, you know, he's still has feelings for Mia. He runs into, he's attracted to her, runs into her. They have a very innocent conversation. He, of course, is very excited to say Ola's full government name. Yeah, It's like, oh, yeah, I'm dating a playwright. This is my girlfriend. I'm dating I'm dating a sister. Ola. Hola, Adebayo. It's like so clear that he's amped to say her name out loud. So you be like, yes, I'm dating a black woman. See, I date black women. I take them seriously. I can date. I can be serious. I'm an adult. That's that's what that, that whole said thing he was giving.
1: I said, I date black. I love black. You
0: <laughs> will. <laughs> he absolutely would. He absolutely would. So, climax of the episode. Ha ha. Pun intended. <laughs> climax of the episode. He's having trouble in the bedroom. They're working on it. Ola's being supportive, seemingly supportive of it and everything. He gets in the shower. He's thinking of Mia and he starts to jerk off. Well, he had been, he was like, let me test. He's doing this on his own anyway. He's like, let me jerk off so I can, you know, see If my parts are working, like what's happening with me or whatever. So he's thinking of all these different women in his head. And then he finally thinks of Mia and he gets an erection and he's Mm -hmm. able to climax. And while he is orgasming, Ola comes into the bathroom because she forgot something and kind of hears him in there having an orgasm and she snatches the shower curtain back and she's shocked and she's annoyed and she storms out the bathroom and he comes out and chases her and she calls him a small man and all this time i thought you had a problem but you couldn't be honest with me and da da, da, da and leave she's like i'll come back and get my thing so that's when they break up yeah okay i have a few questions okay have you ever referred to your partner as king hell no okay okay daddy <laughs> a lot creepy. of people think that's creepy
1: no no I, I get it i i yeah it couldn't be I mean, mm-hmm. people say people think it's creepy i'm like i get it i'm not gonna be right. like, right that's ridiculous right 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 but i don't say daddy on some regular shit like we are doing things <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying mm-hmm. but never king
0: king yeah yeah U-cha. no how about you no i think that aspiring hotep teenager imagined that perhaps one day that would be a part of my reality mm-hmm. but when i became an adult person it became repulsive
1: i think i wanted a king i don't think i would have ever said out loud that that person is mm. a
0: king. you know what i mean
1: like i mm-hmm. i do think that it was like yes you know I'm having mm-hmm. my, you know i'm probably fed into that idea of that sure right. in the same way you probably have But I don't think Mm -hmm. I would have ever, like, said that out loud to Mm. the person. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. You know? Yeah. No. Mm -mm. Okay. My other question. Okay. So, she finds him masturbating in the shower. If you're in the same situation and your partner was having trouble, y'all were having trouble in the bedroom, he couldn't get erect or whatever, and you discover him masturbating in the bathroom, would you be upset? Like, what what did you think about that whole scenario?
1: I don't think I would have been upset. Mm-hmm. because masturbation works that way you know what I mean like yeah like I can understand someone being able to make themselves erect I understand yeah. that erections or for someone who doesn't have a penis just getting like turned on in whatever way can mm-hmm. be mental like mm-hmm. I understand that so I don't think I would be offended if that was an ongoing thing that I noticed that they're never getting erect for me and always masturbating you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Then that would be an issue for me. But if I happen to mm-hmm. go in the bathroom and you're, like, jerking off, I'm not going to be offended. I'm going to be like, oh, so you can get hard. All right. Mm-hmm. So do you have to jerk yeah. up first and then we blah, 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 blah? You know, mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't just be like, it's over. You're you're not attracted to me. What are you thinking about?
0: It seemed <laughs> like the reaction that somebody who calls their man king would have. Yeah, That's what it, it seemed does. like to me. That's what it seemed to me.
1: She is a little childish to me. So that mm-hmm. character... I think liked the idea of being in love and then also Mm -hmm. was very into that because she was into the idea of black love and they looked cute and they do fit the template of what Mm -hmm. that black love TM looks like that even for her, I don't even know how much she actually loved him. I think she Mm -hmm. loved the idea. I think she liked the image. I think she was into what they looked like. Right. you know that doesn't discount her getting hurt because she was hurt mm-hmm. but i think she just really mm-hmm. wants to be in a relationship really wants to have black love tm wants to be this yeah. artistic couple wants you know all of those things i yeah. think that's what they are attracted to and not really him because i think if this is a person you love what seeing them jerk off in a thing is i don't think should be the thing
0: that breaks you up that should be the thing that
1: causes mm-hmm. a shift right but not the thing that breaks you up
0: yeah i kind of Honestly, for me, felt like it was a bit of a violation of Mm -hmm. his personal space. And I say that again as somebody I am not frequently in a serious relationship or, you know, cohabitating with a partner. So I don't know what the rules are, all like that. But I feel like there are times, sometimes, to me, it seems like in relationships, when I am partnered, I try not to do this when I'm partnered, but I feel like partnerships, serious relationships. I feel like I observe so many times people kind of violating each other's personal space, mm-hmm. whether, it be, whether it be their mental space, their physical space or whatever, like there's this feeling of ownership that we have over people yeah. sometimes and I Especially feel like monogamous I don't think Yes, <laughs> yeah. Like why the fuck do you care who he's thinking about? Like why? I get yeah. that feeling, mm-hmm. but also like I feel like there should be a freedom of of fucking thought like yes. and I understand the communication thing like yes he should have communicated what yeah. he was thinking what I'm, he was feeling I'm what he was going through <laughs> yeah that's for sure <laughs> mm-hmm. but I don't think that we should feel threatened by the people in our partner's mental rolodex I don't think for me personally I don't think I would have pulled the shower curtain back on somebody taking a a shower like to me that's also another very private Mm -hmm. kind of space not because you don't want they don't want you to see them naked but they're in there think of all the shit that conversations you have with yourself in the shower it's just you are having private time unless I peek from behind the curtain don't fucking peek behind the curtain unless you let me know you coming behind the curtain like to me that whole snatching the curtain back thing that was like a lot for me
1: also because it was like she was trying to just catch him like there's a way Mm -hmm. that you could have come in bathroom you know that something you know that masturbating is happening you could say Mm -hmm. babe i'm in here can i come in or you know like can i join you in a shout there's things you could do she wanted to she wanted to like catch him because of her not really being sure what the disconnect is i do think he contributes to that it was Mm -hmm. like finally i got it like this mm-hmm. is what it is because she knows there's a disconnect. He's a horrible communicator, similar to how he was with his ex-wife. He does not communicate when the shift has happened for him. He doesn't talk right. to his partner about when he his needs aren't being met or when he's not satisfied. He does not communicate those things to his partner at all, and he leaves them guessing, trying to figure it out. And the way that they mm-hmm. generally figure it out is by catching him, doing him some shit that... Although you can masturbate all you want, but because of all of the stuff going on, I can get why she felt like she had to catch him in the act Mm -hmm. of something because Mm -hmm. this is how he is. He becomes distant. He acts like everything is okay. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Meanwhile, this person knows the shit isn't fine. His wife knew something wasn't fine. Mm -hmm. She knew something wasn't fine, but they were like, okay, we're going to like, you know, whatever. Yeah. I noticed that pattern I noticed to me this relationship the same things that happened with his ex-wife even though it was like pretty short but like Mm -hmm. he kind of goes with what is easy that was easy she was easy Mm -hmm. he didn't have to do much she was just already into him because it was black love to him he didn't have to put in effort he didn't have to check himself he didn't have to think about what he wanted he didn't have to really kind of think hard about this relationship it just happened and that's the same thing that happened with Emily. Kind of just, you know, happened and I was in it and then yeah. I was here. And it's like, who the fuck are you? Do you know what the fuck you want? Do you ever try to get mm-hmm. what you want? Or do you just let what shit fall into your lap and let that happen? Yeah, You're doing that again. So when I saw the older thing, it was just like, he gets on my nerves because he's a horrible mm-hmm. communicator. Mm-hmm. When relationships, stuff change all the time. You're not always on the same page. And if you can... Talk to your partner about it. That is a great partnership. But if you get distant the way he does, he assumes that stuff will just fix itself. That's not how shit works. Yeah. Stuff don't just fix itself. You know, so it was just mm-hmm. seeing the older thing was like, this just like the same thing with Emily, just all over again. And it's just like, yeah, hey, this person ain't learning a damn thing. <laughs> This person didn't know the damn thing. He's still yeah. going around appeasing people and taking the easy route and not really actually mm-hmm. going for what he wants and working for what he wants when it comes to relationships. He likes the easy road. He likes it to be easy. He likes it to just, okay, this is it. All right, this is what we're doing. Okay, yeah. he don't even want to like... He's such an appeaser that he doesn't. he doesn't even clear on what he wants and why he wants it and why he should go for what he wants to go for in a romantic mm-hmm. way. And... That shit
0: is whack to me. Yeah, he should have gone to therapy, though. Like, after that divorce... That should have been, uh okay, it's time to work on myself. He
1: should have. And it makes me upset because when you talk about the other season, even though I didn't watch it, I know that there's some scenes where she has a therapist. How come he don't get a therapist? Yeah, she goes to therapy. Why yeah. no one wrote a therapist mm-hmm. in this shit for him? He just had to just mm. raw dog it all out and figure it all out. He didn't even get a therapist right. later on when it was the pandemic and the whatever. Like, this nigga yeah, never had a therapist no and therapy. he has the means for
0: a therapist? Like, never? Facts. And someone that he dates goes to therapy they talk about that yeah and mm-hmm. he's like yeah I'm glad you went to therapy I'm like wait a second now yeah it was just
1: strange. interesting to me that mm. that wasn't written in and all of his and maybe this is because how men are all of his labor and all of the ways in which he was learning was with the labor of women like, mm. kind of like, yeah, using them in that way. Mm-hmm. And men do do that with their romantic relationships. And
0: his best friend, he would, he had a good
1: friend. Who no, he, he would did. Talk to. I do plan to talk about his friendships are really well, so that's nice to right. see. But still, right. the labor of his relationships was kind of just like solely on a partner. Not even him. He didn't put in labor, and he just literally would be disconnected and would just sit there and just expect it to just like, oh well, we will come back around. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's not how that works that's why your wife mm-hmm. left you that's why ola left you mm-hmm.
0: like <laughs> yep yeah so the next episode finds him back in his comfort zone dating white women again the next episode is becca evans he starts a i guess a sexual relationship yeah. casual mm-hmm. sexual relationship with this older white woman they meet in a hotel that's where they hook up it's it's mainly hookups it's easy he likes it. Yep. They enjoy each other's company. It's cool. They have a threesome. I didn't really like the threesome scene. And I guess maybe that's just how it happens. But it felt like she texted him and was like, hey, I have a friend joining us tonight if that's okay. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, what kind of friend? He's like, she's like, oh, I think you'll like her. Da-da-da-da. We don't really know what conversations they had before. But to me, it felt like a surprise threesome kind of, and I feel like he granted consent once he was there. It didn't feel like it was non-consensual. I just didn't like the vibe of like... uh yeah we'll see if he you know come over we'll hang out and if he feels like having a threesome we'll have a threesome like it felt like she wanted to have this threesome she invites the friend over knowing that he's coming over and so she kind of orchestrates this threesome in a way to me that felt like they hadn't had a prior conversation about it that's how it felt to me I think
1: that sounds very dimmy of you and that's fine there's nothing wrong Mm -hmm. with that I think Mm -hmm. that they have a sexual relationship the only time we hang out is to have sex right that's what we do we never do anything else all we do is have sex why else would i be introducing you to a friend why else this would i true. be saying a friend is joining all like all this of those true. other pieces i don't think are needed whenever good point is just sexual and we kind of have this sexual understanding mm-hmm. you know yeah mm-hmm. i don't think that all of those pieces are necessary but right. i do think that yeah not even a but i think that the nature of our relationship is sexual this is all we do this is the when mm-hmm. we ever hang out all we do is right. have sex why else would I be inviting you here? That is the understanding that we have.
0: mm mm-hmm. Good point. I ain't like it, but I understand. Yeah, because your for expectation,
1: sure. because how you date things is do that is right. different. But for someone like right. me who doesn't need all those pieces, it mm-hmm. might not be mm-hmm. as offensive. Yeah. But I do think it is important to know, even on a if it's a sexual relationship, you should know your. I would. I'm assuming she knows him enough that she can do that in that way. That she can right. say, "Hey, I have a friend over." That he doesn't need all mm-hmm. of these other pieces to mm-hmm. have sex with people because that's not right. things that everyone needs.
0: Yeah, because I could definitely. I can have a sexual relationship with somebody that is exclusively sexual, but I would like this is what me and that person are having. I would need definitely more of a conversation than, "Hey, bring
1: a friend over." Yeah, totally. That's why I'm saying that. Yeah, that
0: shit for sure.
1: Yeah. That could be, she could know that mm-hmm. she can do that because that's the nature of the right. relationship and they can work that way. But if someone is mm-hmm. dating someone like you, they should know that you can't right. do that.
0: Absolutely. For that's sure.
1: violation. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So this threesome actually results in Becca becoming pregnant. So she's Hated reveals it. that she's, <laughs> she reveals that she's of an age that she didn't think that she could get pregnant anymore. Marcus assumes that she's going to have an abortion. And when she says that she's <laughs> keeping it, he has a freaking meltdown. I thought that was He's so like, yo, I don't want to be tied to you for the rest of my life. He was like, freaking out. Mm. She says that it would be such a cute mixed babies. He's like, that is not fucking funny. That's another moment when I knew, okay, it's a black people in the writer's room. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because we know that that's an anti-black thing that you know, people fucking say, oh, mixed babies are so fucking cute. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was an interesting conversation. But So we find that out at the end of this first Becca Evans episode. Then we get another Becca Evans episode where they explore how Marcus adjusts to the potential of being a a father. I am so
1: tired of this. Oh my, I got someone pregnant storyline. I'm so, Mm. it's in so many things and it's really, I'm bored of it. But what I'm Mm. learning is that y'all motherfuckers don't use condoms. So this is actually very common. (laughs)
0: right (laughs)
1: this is probably something that's very common i've never been in a Mm -hmm. situation like this but i have a friend right now who is in a situation like this where they broke up with their partner Mm -hmm. because of some shit like this it's everywhere a lot of my media that i'm watching i'm seeing shit like this so maybe this is mad common but i am kind Mm -hmm. of like bored of this Mm -hmm. storyline of the person getting pregnant of course when straight people have sex babies can be a result of that Mm -hmm. i'm just like Mm -hmm. bored of that shit yeah yeah that's this kind of I'm
0: just bored bored. yeah i i too cannot really relate and who is not
1: using a condom with someone they just have a sexual relationship with
0: yeah lots of people apparently i know yeah yeah, that's what i'm learning yeah yeah, i can't really relate because i'm also very condom heavy specifically Mm -hmm. yeah and i don't i think part of that for me at least part of that might also be being someone who is not frequently partnered, mm-hmm. that I'm whoever I'm having sex with, we're using condoms. I remember one time in, in my twenties, this dude was like, So when can we stop using condoms? I was like, Stop using condoms? The fuck you think this is? Like we was in a serious relationship. I'm, in my head, I was like, for what? We did, we did stop using condoms for a little while, and then I caught him talking to somebody i was like oh there's no trust here yeah i fuck? have
1: i have been in relationships where i didn't use condoms i've never been in a casual relationship where i did not use condoms right that just makes no sense i have been in long-term relationships where i had it. Mm-hmm. i just don't understand the casual situations without condoms i do understand that maybe if you i'm also not monogamous so mm-hmm. there's a, a a different condom standard there for me right. because I do have sex right. with other people and you know, you know whatever. But mm-hmm. I've never monogamously when I was pretending to be monogamous. <laughs> right. I never thought that monogamy was actually happening, so we would still get tested. Mm-hmm. I do not like hormonal birth controls. So I have had an IUD in me and shit like that, but condoms are to me in a really effective birth control for me. Yes. I prefer that. I don't want all of those hormones and shit and the fuck or whatever mm-hmm. so that's why I another right. reason why I'm gonna be condom heavy is because it's, it's my birth control mm-hmm. but I'm learning that you know after high school y'all stop using them shit
0: yeah I think also for a lot of people it's difficult once they have been in relationships I don't like um, them for a long period of time where they didn't use condoms yeah. it's hard to start using condoms again I've run into that with people where they're like g- getting out of long term relationships yeah. and trying to like do the no condom thing with me. And I'm like, listen, I know I don't have kids and people think that women of a certain age, like either we forgot or what. like it's very intentional that I made it this far without children. This is taking exactly.
2: work. This has- it's
0: taking yeah. making sure I have condoms. It took that one time of me going to get a fucking plan B. Mm-hmm. This has been Redunct. a do nothing without intention. Okay. Do nothing without intention. This has been an intentional thing. Yes. I was talking to my nephew about that. Like, I don't have children. That's not by accident.
1: You know what I'm saying? I said like, that to my mom because I was like, I don't, I don't have kids, and she was, and she's like, seriously, like, can you? And I was like, yeah, I can, and I be having mm-hmm. sex. I have made a conscious decision and done the right. thing. She's like, okay, okay, I don't need to. You said sex. I don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, like this is not by accident. Like it's not an is, accident. Yeah. It's not an accident. So, but it is. I'm realizing it's common. I'm usually cannot right. relate to these storylines, understand them. I kind of do wish that I could see this storyline happen with an STI, and we see how people navigate that because mm-hmm. they happen just as much as people getting fucking pregnant. But mm-hmm. no one mm-hmm. wants to be
0: creative. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> it's a baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i just think i think that there are people who can speak more to the experience of like not using condoms and stuff i just like the two of us are condom heavy yeah condom heavy condom lovers if you actually if you're a listener and you're not a condom person like We would love, I think, to talk to you about that. Because I'm I am curious Curious. about it. And we can we can talk anonymously if that would make you more comfortable. Recorded. But we don't have to say who you are and shit. So let us know. So anyway, yeah. So he gets Becca pregnant. So the next episode we get another episode of Becca Evans part two. And they are navigating the pregnancy. Remember when she
1: realized racism? (laughs)
0: Oh, my gosh. Yes. They go to their doctor's (laughs) appointment together. And the woman at the desk gives her the paperwork. And she's like, Becca's like, oh, he's gonna need one too. And Marcus is like, I'm the other parent. And the woman at the desk is like, oh, uh, uh, of course you are. Like in this obvious, like, I'm caught off guard because you're black. And Becca is mad offended. And she's like, well, I don't know who should be more offended, me or you? And Marcus is like, "Uh, me, I think, but it seems like you are. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, when white people get their first taste of like marginalization, it's like, yo, what the outrage, they couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Mm -hmm. So this episode, as Marcus is navigating the potential of being a father, we do get more of his best friend, Oogie or Yugi. Yugi. It's spelled Yogi, but yeah, Yugi. Yugi. So we see more of Yugi. We've seen Yugi throughout. He calls Yugi when he has really like concerns, questions. What'd you say?
1: I really like Yugi.
0: I love I really like Yugi's character. character. Yeah. So he is totally different type of black dude from Marcus. He is the funny, the film trope of having a funnier, more ridiculous kind of friend, friend. He is that, but Mm -hmm. what makes him unique is that he is also a family guy, a fully fleshed out character who has a family, Mm -hmm. who doesn't give bad advice. He is actually a good friend. He cares about Marcus, Mm -hmm. he cares about what he's going through. He thinks about his problems, he gives fucking advice. He's not usually in these shows, like the person is not only funny because they are ridiculous, but they're also like over the top, they make bad choices. They're just living in the wild. They give bad fucking advice or whatever. He was like, a, he seemed like a real person. Yeah, like a good, mm-hmm. solid friend who happened to add comedic value because he is also a funny, funny person. person yeah. But right, really that like person that can also be your married friend, which I really liked the yes. way he navigated like that whole thing.
1: Mm-hmm. I also like with Yugi that he didn't hate being married and he didn't hate being a dad. Yes. That's usually another trope that happens with mm-hmm. married men where it's like, oh. Well, Mm-hmm. well that's a white phrase oh ball and chain black people don't say that but <laughs> <laughs> my old lady
0: <laughs> you know like their wife their old lady yeah, yeah like when
1: he was with his mm-hmm. friend he's not like oh I'm finally away from them he's just like right. I'm out with my friends right now you know mm-hmm. but still a very realistic parent like oh it's nice to be away not because he hates those people but because it's nice to be with yeah. my friends right now and not Mr. Dad person or whatever mm-hmm. the fuck so I really mm-hmm. enjoyed seeing a happily married person and yeah. not in that cheesy love TM way, happily married. Right. In a very kind of like real, mm-hmm. I love my family, I love my wife kind of way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it love was good. I character. love that character.
0: So he, Marcus is. At a doctor's appointment with Becca, they're talking to the doctor about, you know, potential things that might go wrong with the pregnancy because of Becca's age mm-hmm. and just things in general that can happen in utero. And they ask him about his genes and if there's a certain kind of, if he has any history of a certain thing. And so he calls his sister to find out, did you notice that she was boiling dicks? Yeah. She was boiling in <laughs> yes i didn't notice it in the first time i watched it because i'd be on my phone doing a bunch of different <laughs> stuff did? yes i didn't notice it I, was like, oh, I love he her it was so good i, really I loved, her loved her whole, character, whole character. I really her loved character her character was fantastic she seemed authentically and she
1: was also a hot mess too
0: Right, in terms right, of relationships, but she seemed and love, authentically but... like an older sister, like mm-hmm. a more confident person, yes. a hot mess, but also a confident yeah. person who stood in her shit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Exactly. But yeah, so she's in the house boiling dildos, which I thought some was fantastic. Big ones too. They got some big ones, huge, <laughs> just fantastic. And it, it, I, a part of why I didn't notice it because it was such a mundane like <laughs> thing. Like I'm just in here. Like there was no mention of it. It could have been clearly uses them on different partners. It just looked partners. like she was cooking to me the first time. She clearly
1: uses them on different partners. That's why yes. she's making sure she keeps them sanitized. Mm-hmm. And that's some that's safe sex, okay?
0: Right. 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 Mm-hmm. No, nah, she's a fantastic yeah, character. Again, character. played by Punky Johnson from SNO. Had you seen
1: her in anything before? No, that was my first time seeing her anything. One comment that I did make was that. A lot of people were really into Marcus, like attracted to Marcus. Mm. By a lot of people, I probably mean 10 because I'm basing this on my social media, right? Which is on social, right. And thats he's not an unattractive person, but he's not someone I'm mm-hmm. attracted to. He does look like someone I would date. Jay knows yeah. my type or whatever, but it's size. not. If nope. I saw him in a mm-hmm. room, that's not the person I'm like, who that? Right. But the sister though. <laughs> <laughs> Very cute very yeah very like cute. cute the personality kind of matches what i would be attracted mm-hmm. to like all of that stuff i'm like yeah who that though
0: <laughs> y'all talk about marcus <laughs> hey. who that? well she be in the city she's on snl you might run into her it's not impossible <laughs> she might listen to this podcast you never know punky what's good so i i recognize now that i was looking her up and it said she was on SNL. I was like, Oh yeah, okay, I have seen her on there. I don't really watch. So I've seen her, notice her in clips. Oh, okay. I'm but thinking. I came to an awareness of her as a comedian on during the pandemic on her Instagram because she would do I don't know if she was doing lives or just TikToks or videos of her, I think it was her nieces and nephews, just like helping them with their homework mm-hmm. and just being like a parent in the house or whatever. Yeah. And I was very entertained by all of that. But yeah, I think she's funny. But her character was just a very grounded... She seemed like a black lesbian that I know. You know what Mm -hmm, I'm saying? Like, she seemed like somebody I know. So I really liked her character. But anyway, so she was in there boiling dildos. By the end of this episode, unfortunately, they lose the baby. They have a miscarriage. Marcus had already told Mia, because, you know, Mia is a constant presence, that he was expecting a kid and he hadn't spoken to her in a while. And it felt like, because he cared so much about her, it felt like he really was invested in sharing this information with her. And they kind of have a date and spend the day together and... They kissed that that day, right?
1: Yeah, I think I think yeah, because he was like, "What Mm -hmm. happens now?" And then they have that googly eye moment, and then they Mm -hmm. finally kiss Mm -hmm. because it's like finally they are both single, Mm -hmm. not like yeah, in anything because there are times where Mm -hmm. she is in a relationship and he's not. He's right throughout the series, yeah. So they're both single.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: when he has the miscarriage he also calls her then and she comes over and brings food and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and you know that's when they start to think about okay what's this thing gonna be now for us now that we're unencumbered with other shit right
1: and i didn't want that for her i didn't want that for mia i didn't want her to be
0: dating him dating him while he's figuring out fatherhood and
1: figuring out co-parenting with this person Mm. like i'm a person who dates dads but i like to date Mm -hmm. dads who have figured that out (laughs) Mm -hmm. i like to date Mm -hmm. dads who have already figured out their co-parenting with their the mother of their children the children are typically older because i do not need to be a part of the growing pains of that Mm. and
0: i don't want that for me or as well you know right we can we can want fantasy in our fiction i get it Mm -hmm. that's fair the next episode right so that episode ends with them kind of deciding that they're gonna like be together sort Mm -hmm. of or kind of seeing what's next so episode seven we see they've been in a relationship for six months so marcus and mia it looks like it's going well they have a vibe it's very cute yeah it's regular black love not black love TM. tm it's just two black people Together, dating, loving enjoying each
1: other. Enjoying each other. Like, really, really fucking enjoying each other. There's an right. underlying, to me, of a friendship within that that I don't see mm-hmm. that existed in his relationship with Ola or Emily, right. which I think is important in relationships also. So I do, mm-hmm. I did like seeing that in their dynamic. That was pretty yes. cute.
0: They were cute. Super cute. Yeah, they were mad fucking cute. Yeah. I was loving it. <laughs> so this episode is named after Mia's parents, whose name I didn't remember, but her parents are played by Blair Underwood and Kimberly Elise. So, you know, as soon as you see Blair Underwood somewhere, you know it's about to be trouble. He's a cat daddy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cat daddy and he brings all the cat daddy shit with yes. him. Problems. Yes. Okay? It's always gonna be yes. some problems, mm-hmm. right? So, Mia's mom loses the house that she grew up in. And so now they, Mia goes back to help her mom, like close out the house, move things, all that stuff or whatever, clean up, yada, yada. During this trip, so Mia's under a lot of stress. She's dealing with like, you know, old parent shit. So drama with her mom, drama with her dad or whatever, processing a lot of stuff from childhood. She ends up hooking up with the mover Mm -hmm. who moves her stuff to storage. And so initially it looks like just a kiss between her and the mover. And then later on we learn that they actually had sex her mm-hmm. and the mover so this is she's cheating quote unquote cheating on marcus i put that in quotations because again they, they're in a monogamous relationship i guess so it is cheating but at the time it felt like to me like does this have to be a big deal should this be a big it's deal still but if, yeah it's cheating if you're monogamous it's a big deal yes yeah, sure she comes back marcus keeps offering to support her she likes to come you it's know it's a help big deal even if you're
1: not monogamous because half y'all discussed how you do this like yes it's sure a big deal
0: it's a I sure it's a big deal mm-hmm. either way yeah no i get it i get it marcus keeps offering to come and help she's like no i'm good i got it i got it i got it she comes back from the trip she felt like marcus would be able to tell that you know she had cheated or something yeah. was wrong or whatever mm-hmm. when he didn't say anything or seem like anything was wrong she just decided to bury it and i think about it he throws her a surprise birthday oh, yeah. party mm-hmm. she's like feeling all this guilt and like breaks up with him like wild abrupt at the end of the party he oh he goes to give her her present and he reaches into his, his jacket and she's like don't propose don't propose, <laughs> don't propose. And he's like uh, i love I wasn't that but, I was so yeah old. i wasn't but what the fuck so that leads to him asking yeah i wasn't gonna propose but like why what are you yelling don't propose at me like, like what's that? going on mm-hmm. And then she's like, well, this this was a mistake. You know, I can't do this anymore. And it's like this really abrupt kind of breakup. She doesn't explain anything Anything. to him. Mm -hmm. He has what he thought was this, you know, great night of throwing her a birthday party. And, you know, he loves her. He doesn't know what the fuck is going on. So that was the end of that shit. You loved it? I
1: love that he was treated the way that he's been treating women. Mm. I appreciated that. She had a disconnect and never let him be aware of what it was. And that's what he did to Emily. And that's what he did to Ola. He couldn't be honest. He couldn't communicate. He couldn't do those things. They kind of, they have similar flaws. Mm -hmm. And I like that he had to adhere to those flaws. Like the things that he inflicted on other people got inflicted on him. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. good, finally, hurt. Feel it. Because this is what you did to Mm -hmm. Emily. I don't really care about Emily. But this is what you did to Emily. This is what you did to Ola. I'm going to be honest. I don't really care about Ola either. But this is what Mm -hmm. you do. And you think it's all happenstance. Like, these are actions. Like, even though... Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think he... Of course, I think he knows he hurt. He knows he hurt these people. But I think that him, like a lot of men, they think that because they didn't do something to make the breakup happen, that they are not... It's not all on them. It's not... Because I didn't cheat, well, he did cheat on Emily, but because I didn't do like this outrageous act of whatever the fuck the alpha male, I don't believe in that, but in quotations, whatever these alpha male or these mm-hmm. highly abusive other men do, then I wasn't yeah. really that bad. Or Mm -hmm. I didn't really do much, but that disconnect that he does in relationships to me is just can be just as harmful for the person on the receiving end, where you would just sit Mm -hmm. around and kind of like emotionally confuse this person you're with to the point where they have to break up with you, they have to leave, they have to whatever. So I did Mm -hmm. like seeing that happen to him because it's like he needs, he needed, I think he needed to be hurt. I think he needed mm-hmm. to understand why you can't be doing that. You can't just like yeah. check out a relationship mentally and not tell the person you're in a fucking relationship with mm-hmm.
2: or realize
1: it's not what you want and not tell the person that you're that who who you're in a relationship with, or realize, right. hey, this is not who I am anymore, and not consult the person you're in a fucking relationship with mm-hmm. you know, so mm-hmm. I do like that he got a taste of his own medicine because she that's what she did to him. I mm-hmm. loved it. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> okay. So you kind of said how you felt about the cheating situation. To me it felt like the stakes of deception like were too high. Like like to me, making out with a mover, having sex with a whoever the heck, to me it feels like and again, this is I guess a part of my personal code, but it feels like that shouldn't have meant so much like that shouldn't have been such a huge deception like that's i
1: think it's you know it feels or... like that
0: type of shit is one of the things that like shouldn't necessarily take relationships down but we hold it at this such high importance that it does
1: i think they do take relationships down regardless because trust is broken it's not about the act of having sex with someone else or mm-hmm. whatever it's like trust is broken so now we have to repair so it does affect the relationship like even if you don't break up i don't think that mm-hmm. cheating should break up all relationships. I don't believe that, mm-hmm. but there's a shift happening and some people can't deal with the shift. Some people can't right. deal with the fact that now that means extra work has to happen. Right. Some people can't do that. So they'd rather just break up. So I can I can mm-hmm. see that and I can see that happening. For me that wouldn't have been like a huge issue. For me when it comes when it has come to cheating, it's been the trust thing. It's not yeah. I don't you know obviously i don't really care about the sexual act because i'm not monogamous Mm -hmm. but you intentionally kept something from me for a reason because it's obviously meant something else right dot 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 you know like whatever Mm -hmm. so me personally the way that she was holding on to that i wouldn't either i agree with you Um, but Mm -hmm. i think that they both are really irresponsible about communication they have horrible communicators right Right. yeah
0: and that's usually how i feel about like Different acts of, like, deception and shit. It's, like, the lack of communication. Mm-hmm. When, even once we're talking about it now, okay, how are you communicating with me about this thing? Like, what's your, you know. Yeah. I feel like there have been incidents where I've learned of things happening and I'm like, okay, this is happening. And I'm, like, ready to be, like, cool with it. Let's talk about it. And then the person can't even, we can't even have a conversation about it. And that changes the whole vibe. Now, now yeah. it makes what you did a problem because you can't t- talk to me about it, like, you know a fucking thinking nuanced dynamic motherfucker you know
1: because it's not black love tm
0: it's not black love tm man you
1: know you're supposed to be perfect it's supposed to like Mm -hmm. be blissful all the time it's supposed to work all the time you're supposed to be on the same page all the time and Mm -hmm. that shit is not real i think that even though logically some people know that Mm -hmm. like logically i think that because we've always been told this different story we still strive for that other thing we still strive yeah. for the black love team being perfect now this mm-hmm. relationship is tainted because i cheated he literally mm-hmm. he's dealt with cheating before you know like he can probably even empathize in some way mm-hmm. and you know like who who the fuck knows but because you never opened your mouth to him the whole relationship is over and that's the same thing he did with other people so i just think that it's really really horrible at communicating when stuff shifts and they can't deal mm-hmm. with the shift. Like that's what the common right. thing I see in both of them, where it's like, they're kind of cowards when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. They just retreat. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So this is a huge thing. We know that something is going on with uh, Mia and you know, that's, that's why she ended this. Like mm-hmm. there was the, the cheating thing, but it felt to me like there was more to it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she ends the relationship. He's fucking distraught. Episode and eight. I love it.
1: <laughs> I really did i loved it
0: <laughs> episode eight is called yugi and Keon. and this is the episode where marcus takes a trip goes camping with his best friends to get his mind off of the breakup it had been some months already but he was still really tormented about it she wouldn't answer his calls like it was radio silence and he was just he could not fucking deal so his friends take him on this camping trip to like get his mind off of shit. During this trip, we discover that Keon, who was his friend who was his rich his friend is from Iran. He ends up making mad money. Was it a tech business or something? Some kind of sh- tech. Some kind of fucking startup. Yeah. So he ends up like becoming rich. We discover on this trip to the woods in the woods that Keon is now dating Marcus's ex wife, yep. Emily.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And that sends, initially, Marcus is like, okay, cool. I'm happy for y'all. This is great. Very mature, very high minded. Very and then,
1: appeasing, Marcus. Very not appeasing. Being, that's not right. Actually saying what he feels, saying how it yep. makes him feel, just doing what makes everyone comfortable, probably even himself, mm-hmm. you know, also. Yeah.
0: He sleeps on it. The next morning, he wakes up. He's, well, he actually couldn't sleep. He wakes up. He's a mess. He eats some fucking chocolate mushrooms and is now confronts Keon. They argue a little bit. And then he goes bike riding and has a bad trip for the rest of the day. Just a a fucking bad, bad trip on shrooms. Is it okay that Keon is dating Emily?
1: I wouldn't. I think it's not okay. But also Mm -hmm. I think that shit happens. Like... Mm -hmm. There's parts of me that I personally wouldn't do anything like that because I'm very, I compartmentalize things. I don't even, my friends aren't even friends with my boyfriends and like I don't do Mm -hmm. shit like that. Mm -hmm. So that kind of stuff won't generally happen because of how I live my life. But I do think that sometimes stuff happens and love happens and grows in these spaces that make no sense to anybody but the people who are in it. And Mm. I do think that... If it seems like a real thing, then I do think it is okay to try but I do think he should have went about that differently mm-hmm. I don't think that it should have just been on a trip in the middle of the woods where I can't walk away
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> where I can't right. like you know
1: whatever that right. I find out you are dating my ex-wife I think you know the second he realized oh this is real you should have had a conversation mm-hmm. with your friend
0: yeah not like this like, right by the time he told him they were already like in it like, in it in a relationship. In the thick of it yeah mm-hmm. yeah but mm-hmm. well, that's the part for me because it's I
1: I do anything's possible I've also been in like these relationships with people that I never would have thought I would have been in it never was anything mm-hmm. like that but like I'm just saying that relationships have grown and out of situations where I was like oh my god I never even would have you know like whatever so I, I think I can understand that but mm-hmm. I do think that as a friend it should have been handled way differently and with more care because there's a selfishness attached to how he found out, right. where he found mm-hmm. out, all of this time. that Like, y'all are fucking in love. That mm-hmm. takes a little bit of time. Yeah. I was in a whole fucking relationship. Why didn't you tell me that? You know, it's just like, right. you tell me right. now when uh, when me and this person, I'm broken hearted. And now I find this out. Tell me this at least mm-hmm. when I'm fucking happy with right. <laughs> with her. It might be Mm -hmm. easier to swallow then because I'm Mm -hmm. in this happy, loving situation. I don't know. I wouldn't have handled it that way, but I don't think that. To me, that stuff matters more when you are like younger. I think as we get older, I think those things don't matter as much if done respectfully and not in a scandalous, cheating, vindictive kind of way. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do think as we get older, some of those codes and quotations right may not have to exist or should not Mm -hmm. exist like yeah i think they're i think they after a while it gets kind of silly yeah Yeah, what would would you how would you do that how do you feel about? i
0: don't know i don't know i think for me like as a rule that's not something i would do and i i to me it takes work to avoid certain things Mm -hmm. especially i'm a very i can be a very flirty person or very like you know, I'm down for whatever, right? So there are certain situations that I actively just avoid. So I don't know that I would find myself in a situation where I would be that close with a friend's yeah, same. ex-partner or same. whatever. Yeah, yeah, certain things that like, okay, this moment is really innocent. But I already know that I'm a ridiculous person. And if I have another drink and make three more jokes, like, you're going to want to make out with me, okay? Mm. Like, that's just what it is. So, Mm. yeah, certain situations, I just, I don't think I would find myself in. But I agree with what you're saying. Like, you know, sometimes shit for real just happens.
1: And that's what it seemed like because he's like, we just seen each other at a bar. Right. But it's not like... He was like, it doesn't seem like he was around, around. Of course, he knew Emily as his wife and stuff like that, but it doesn't seem Mm -hmm. like he was around looking at his wife. I don't know. That's not the impression that I got when they did get to talk. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't foresee being in a situation like that. But I do think that after a while, like, it shouldn't matter that Mm -hmm. much. Like, that cold should be like, come on, like, we're like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) right, yeah you have anything
1: else for this episode? I do want to say that I do more about Yugi. I was it on this trip where he realized, not when he realized, his wife, he knows his wife is pregnant and he's having another child and he's kind of like
0: yeah, this, navigating he that. tells them. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And I like that he was not disappointed he was not having another child, but it was, it was apparent that like adjustments has to happen. Like this is mm-hmm. a life shift. And I like yeah. how they kind of wrote that in and it wasn't begrudging. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, fuck it, she's pregnant again. But the, you know, it was just like, yeah, she's mm-hmm. pregnant again, you know, like acknowledging that this is a change. Something is different mm-hmm. here. I'm glad to be out here with you guys so I don't have to kind of like think about the shift about that has to happen yeah. so much or whatever the fuck. So I, I don't know. I just really liked the way that they wrote this Yugi character. Mm-hmm. It was just really good and like careful and safe and mm-hmm. nice to see a Man, a black man in particular, exists in this way, mm-hmm. so that was something in this episode that I really really liked. And then also seeing friendship, seeing this friendship yeah. among men, seeing him be vulnerable, seeing them care, seeing how uncomfortable Kirby was because he does love his friend. Mm-hmm. Like, there are Keon. jerk men who will not give a fuck.
0: Mm-hmm. Keon,
1: you called him Kirby.
0: <laughs> it's, it's not funny that you messed up his name it's funny that you chose kirby i don't where, even know where that from? Right, right right you see
1: the discomfort and keon like you know it's just this mm-hmm. love there he felt uncomfortable not because he's the seafood but like he does love marcus yeah. and he's fell and, falling yeah. in love with his friends mm-hmm. ex you know like so you do mm-hmm. see that so i do i do like the way they wrote this episode it wasn't like men man cave oh like right. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. that's what I liked mm-hmm. about um, yeah. that whole trip no, like and that, that situation. It's cool. I like that. The next episode is called Marcus Watkins. This is the COVID episode. This is where coronavirus hits the United States. Happens.
1: We start the seeing States. the masks. We see this yeah. New
0: York City is, get, is empty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of that
1: stuff. We're seeing that transition and that shift
0: happening. Right. Right, yeah. so everybody is packing up their stuff from the office to bring it home. Yep. um, <laughs> He was dating somebody at the start of quarantine, so they start cohabitating, and she is not fucking following COVID Anything. protocols. Nothing. She don't give a fuck. She's dirty. She don't wash her hands. Nope, just coming in the house,
1: putting shit on mm-hmm. the counter. This is when we didn't even know shit. This is when we were still washing our groceries. This is then, like... When
0: we didn't mm-hmm. even know, we were fucking washing cans of soup. Yep. <laughs> like yep. She was not taking the shit seriously. She came back like, oh, yeah, I have to go to a yoga class. He's like, you had to go to a yoga class? <laughs> what? He broke up with her on the spot. That was that was my favorite breakup. I, I can totally relate that. to that. Like, this is life or death. Like, I enjoyed this not, that because I finally working. seen
1: him, to me, put his foot down and be like, this is not, I don't like this. I right. don't like this. Get out. This is not good. Mm-hmm. i'm not enjoying this.
0: he wasn't harsh he wasn't as harsh as what you're saying no he but wasn't yeah. but it was the for him right. it was because he don't say yeah, anything real. he just lets like, whatever happen
1: and like kind of goes with true. the flow so it was nice mm-hmm. to finally see him be like look this don't work you mm-hmm. wildin goodbye yeah, he's never done that. He would just usually anymore. disengage and you're look right. at her, and then she'll yeah. finally
0: one day be like,
1: <laughs> "Is this not what you want?" And he'd be like, Ugh. Not "And really,
0: <laughs> I'm sorry." Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. That was I did enjoy that a lot. I did enjoy that a lot. She did the wash of hands where you don't use any, so you just rinse. No, just, she just the rinse, rinse her and flick hand
1: for like two seconds.
0: Flick the. Oh, it was bad. It was bad.
1: It was, it bad. was bad. But. She left that I've apartment and got COVID like soon after. They don't put that you know in there. she got It's not COVID. written there, but I'm sure that's what happened. You know, she got COVID that's what for happened. sure
0: definitely got covid so during this period they also portrayed the murder of george floyd i don't mm-hmm. know if they mention his name at any point but we know that this is That's
1: what's, what's happened yeah.
0: he's watching the video we see him kind of like depressed and people are texting him saying you know i wanted to check on you you know i'm an ally that kind of all the stuff that was happening to black people when? during this period that when this episode was happening I actually
1: tweeted I'm so happy I did not work with any white people mm. during that time cuz I was mm-hmm. I knew that that was happening but I wasn't seeing it so that was my first time I visualized a black person getting those texts right. from from white people or other non black POCs or whatever and mm-hmm. that wasn't my experience mm-hmm. at all and I was getting stressed yeah. out just watching him go through that and right, I was like right. well I'm so happy <laughs> that that was not ex- my experience because like yeah that was a lot it was a lot he, in his house minding his business mm-hmm. and there's a text about Trying whatever okay. maybe he he yeah. buried it and put it somewhere else because that's what black people do and we have mm-hmm. to kind of just you know move on and now it's i'm reminded again and again and again because yeah. you have your anti-black guilt
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah it was a lot i was grateful. So during this time, black folks checking on black folks and it being such an intense time, Mia calls him to check on him and to also apologize and kind of tell him, you know, what happened and about Mm -hmm. the whole breakup thing. And he is not really ready to process the whole thing. Like Mm -hmm. he listens to what she has to say and then she kind of wants to like meet up with him and talk about it more. And he's just like, I don't think I can bear to hear anymore. Like I was really fucked up about this and I don't really want to talk about it. So he wasn't ready. His office has furloughed mad people and the team. So we see throughout this series, we see he works in this huge office with mad people. Mm -hmm. The team is large. It's a whole situation. They furlough mad people during quarantine and it's down to a team of five. And he feels like a lot of the work has been put on Mm -hmm. his shoulders. So he's overworking like a lot of people who ended up working from home were overworked and those people who ended up not being furloughed you know and still working a lot of people were feeling overworked during this period his job so he's the only person of color it seems his and black person in particular his job wants him to approve their pr statement saying that they stand by the black community Mm -hmm. at which point he flips out and he's like but you don't Stand with the black community. And he says the speech he gives is what so many of us were saying either at home to our friends Mm -hmm. in the fucking manifestos that That mad black people was writing. It was a manifesto for a different industry or job every other fucking day. Somebody was drafting a fucking manifesto. You don't support the black community. This is what we need. This is what we demand. So he says all of that shit and ends up quitting his job in that moment. And so I thought that was a really good encapsulation about what a lot of black people were experiencing. I also thought it was
1: interesting that he wasn't furloughed. So it was like, you didn't furlough the one black person mm-hmm. because they're black but you still mm-hmm. give them all of this work because you dead mm-hmm. ass don't understand oppression you white motherfuckers right. so, like, so, right. so for both of those things to be happening to him at one time is very significant and shows how a lot of them were kind of being during that time thinking that mm-hmm. if they okay we, we know we're not going to furlough him this is not something that happened but this is something that it feels like mm-hmm. happened we're not going to furlough yeah. him but you're giving him 10 times the work how mm-hmm. much do you actually care about
0: yeah black people yeah. you don't you mm-hmm. don't so mm-hmm. i thought
1: that was um interesting i like that he mm-hmm. quit his job too
0: yeah it was it was a good it was a good curse out it was yeah good. yeah curses them out quits it's great it was. this episode his sister also gets married to mm-hmm. her long time on and off girlfriend and seeing that wedding and seeing his imperfect sister get married to an imperfect person encourages him to reconsider his position on Mia and how he had been viewing yeah. what happened with mm-hmm. their breakup. The final episode. So in that last episode, he had he reconsiders Mia. He meets up with her. They have this conversation. She says that she's been going to therapy. Mm-hmm. He, you know, they separate and he's like, no, like. Listen, I'm really happy that you went to therapy and dealt with your shit. I want to be there for you in whatever way. Like, let's fucking do let's this, do this shit. Like, yes, let's do this. <laughs> so they're together. Mm hmm. They're together. Yeah. And then episode motherfucking 10, we get a whole episode of actual black love. It's yes. fucking Minus adorable. Minus Yo, the whole, minus the TM, the whole episode. I was waiting for the bottom to drop out. Like, where's the drama? Me too, Something bad's gonna happen. They're not gonna make it. What's gonna go wrong? What What are we gonna do? It was just an episode of black people loving and supporting each other. Yep. And when they had miscommunications, they talked about they talked that shit. They talked about it. It was a few moments where I was like, Oh my god, this is gonna be where they break it's up. And it was just again, like they talked it like, about it, and mm-hmm. and that in itself, honestly, was a fucking roller coaster ride. <laughs> Like just like the fact that oh no nothing's happening that in itself was an emotional roller coaster mm-hmm. cuz i was used to like oh no it's going to be a drama and it really was just an episode of two black married people loving each, loving other. each other well they're they're dating they get pregnant and then it seems like they get married yeah. and you know they mm-hmm. get a new place and all these all things stuff. and then they go to the fucking bahamas yeah yeah at the yes. end and the they fucking smile fucking end it just ended with fucking black happiness yes just black love people black people in love not black love tm, TM. like just she didn't black, have to black struggle in love no struggling you know like I mean? like no intense struggling she yeah. did like she was the only one working while he was working on his book yeah but that wasn't i don't she was gonna work anyway i don't know that i would call that uh yeah and that was like, like she a didn't decision. have to suffer yeah that That's was the a decision they yeah, made together to
1: right. he didn't like that was that for me, when I'm talking about suffering, it's like one person is doing all the labor for right, the relationship. Right. None of mm-hmm. that was happening with them. They mm-hmm. both was carrying their weight equally. You obviously yeah. see the growth that they had. Because like I said before, to me, they both had horrible communication. It kind of just... Mm-hmm. To me, she was, she's a runner. Like She retreats. She runs away when shit mm-hmm. happens. Him, he emotionally disconnects. And as many times where that could have happened again... The second right. time around, but they were, like, doing the work. They weren't being lazy anymore. They were doing the work. They mm-hmm. would say what's wrong. They would say when something is an issue. He would notice that she's not into – they were at, like, a work party. She wasn't really into mm-hmm. it. Okay, she's not into it. We should go somewhere else and have fun. You know, stuff yeah. like that that I think he was not doing was in any so of his cute. other relationships because he yeah. wasn't, like, working to be in them. He was just mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So it was nice to see both of them kind of grow in that way, right, it was nice that's 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 love so that's a relationship cute. you both care so about cute.
0: it, lasting <laughs> I fucking loved it. <laughs> you're not just like I fucking loved it, here, so you don't it was fine. the best ending it was the best ending to a fucking series that I've seen in a long time. It yeah. was just like was and now we're just black and happy, that's mm-hmm. what we're doing, yeah, we're black and we love each other, and we're together. I was mm-hmm. like that's really I'm good with that that's good. Yes. Don't need to be no more Mm -hmm. drama. Tired of all the all the pain and suffering. No No, more drama and life. No more. I don't wanna pain and strife. I don't want any more. Yeah. It was was good. 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 Yeah. And she had, you know, she told them everything that had happened before, like before they get together and like clear air is cleared. Yeah, they they do they do
1: the work. They do the work. Which allows them to continue on. Like they understand that there's work in this and they are Mm -hmm willing
0: to do it for each other which i think did this show make you reflect on anything in your love life
1: not really because i'm perfect now nah, i'm joking so mm-hmm. i do think that with my current relationship i am more willing because i'm a retreater something's not working out mm-hmm. i'm good i'm good we don't have to do this no more <laughs> um i'm like mm-hmm. very lazy in relationships i do think that men and women are straight men and women are socialized to go about relationship differently. I think men think it's supposed to be easy. They think it's not supposed to be any work. I think that's why they choose the easier option. I think that's why when women require things for them, it sounds like way too much because you're mm-hmm. just supposed to, it's not supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be easy. Love's supposed to be easy. It's supposed to be, we supposed yeah. to just fall into it. It's supposed to be easy. And I think that right. women who date men are socialized to work for it. Mm-hmm. That this is, you know, so we're already going into situations with very different ideas about how we're supposed to do this thing and i've never wanted to work for it because of how i see relationships around me and then the influence that i see from tv so i've always kind of rejected working for it but that's also made my relationships not work because Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm not working for it so i am examining that and seeing Towards the end when they realize this is something we love each other. This is something we're going to work for. We're always going to communicate. We are going to open about when we're not happy, be open about Mm -hmm. our needs, be open about whatever, which are things that I generally used to not do. It was just like, this is not working. So I'm out of here. I do want to be more like that. I do want to be in relationships where I am working. But it's because I'm working for something that's good. Obviously, I used to Mm -hmm. see all relationship work as too much. I'm not doing that. (laughs) like. Mm -hmm. And I do think that I'm at a point in my life where I'm more open to the work. And it was just nice kind of when I was watching that, I'm like, see, yeah, I. this makes sense. You can work to Mm -hmm. be in relationships. You can whatever. But because I think a lot of women that work just looks like being dragged through the mud that I have. Suffer. (laughs) suffering Mm -hmm. that I had Mm -hmm. completely opted out of it, not understanding that work is required for all relationships. Work is required for friendships. Work is required for, you know, everything actually. So I think that seeing two people who were to me kind of lazy in that way reform and not be lazy in that way is really Mm -hmm. nice to see and influential. And I would like to be someone like that when it comes to my romantic relationships, um, working, for it but of course mm-hmm. don't be dragging me through the mud i'm not doing that shit <laughs> at, yeah at all so no nah, it was it's mm-hmm. that is something that that's yeah the reflection that i had on me and my love life and stuff like that mm-hmm.
0: i have been trying to think i don't have anything <laughs> 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 i really don't like
1: mm-hmm. you don't even believe don't love, though so
0: I believe in partnership. I believe in the feelings of like feeling connected to somebody. I believe in like, I believe in several versions of what people call love. Mm -hmm. I don't, I think that the concept of love is, can be toxic because each one of us believe it to be a different thing. And each one of us often operate like when somebody says, I love you, it means the same thing as when you say you love them. You know what I'm saying? And so I think that the construct of love, like as an institution, as a record label can be damaging and toxic, but it doesn't like, it doesn't mean that I don't believe in fucking partnership and like those, those feelings. I believe in having feelings for people. I just think it's dangerous when people, like, the way that we deal with love as a society and people thinking that it's the same thing when it's different for everybody. To me, it just seems very, like, not a positive thing. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like something that adds value to people's lives. It seems to be more of a more of a damaging thing than it is a, a nice thing or whatever. Like, I believe that I love people. There are people who I love romantically and have loved. I just really don't like the way that we engage with love like it's this thing that we're supposed to share and have the same feelings about because I feel like a lot of people don't. No one does. Yeah, I, believe, I agree. No one does. Yeah, I would like to have that. I would like to have a... Relationship where I love someone and what, whatever that means to me, and they love me, whatever that means to them, and we're not fucking necessarily looking for it to. It would be cool if it matched. I just don't like to play the game where we're gonna pretend that we think that love means the same thing when most people don't. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I would like to have that. I would. I want to fucking go to the Bahamas. I want to have a. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? I want to share a living space with a partner and like do all of those things. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in the institution of love, but I believe in the energy of loving somebody. I also believe that energy is different for every single person, you know. But yeah, I guess when I see stories like this also sometimes, sometimes I feel like they're telling this story that's supposed to be common for people based on this general understanding of love. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I liked it. I would like to have nice. I'd rather more of these
1: examples of love than all of the other examples that we have of what a loving Mm -hmm. relationship could be. Right. Towards the end, because he's, you know, he's a piece of shit before. Mm -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. I would
1: like to see more of that. I would like to see people who like have issues and they talk it out. Like if I think that if we had more examples of that, people can be more honest about what the fuck they want. Mm -hmm. They're not because they're supposed to do love. The way that everyone tells you you're supposed to do love, right. and that makes no sense. There's no one mm-hmm. size fits all way to like love people. Yeah, that's impossible. Yeah. It makes no sense. But we always sold one kind of way to fucking do it, and that's why mm-hmm. nobody knows what the fuck they want and what that actually yeah. means because the construct is telling you this is what it looks like, and if it don't look like this, then what are you doing? You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So I would mm-hmm. rather see more of things like this, because then. Then that'll stretch the people's idea of what love is even more. Because then now mm-hmm. the you know, like we're always just told this one very similar Narrow. story, mm-hmm. regardless of the characters, regardless of the race, regardless of the economic right. background, regardless of all there'll be all of these different factors about these people that are different based on story to story, but the story is always the same, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I would yeah. like to see better examples, different examples
0: of love and love stories and mm-hmm. relationships and shit like that. Agreed. Please. Agreed. But I enjoy the fuck out of this. Mm-hmm. Libations to everybody who was involved in this series. What do you want to see next season?
1: I want to see a season with the sister. Whole season with her. Yes. I start,
0: you know, whatever.
1: I'm sure Marcus would be not in it in big ways because when you... At season two, the character for season one is kind of in the second season, maybe Mm -hmm. like pops in like once or twice. Right. You know, it could be like that. We don't need to see Marcus all the time. He could pop Mm -hmm. in, whatever. But I want to see how she gets to being married. I want to see this path. I want to meet those other women. I want to see how we get to that. I would love to see this season with sister Mm. that's what i want
0: okay that would be cool that would be cool Mm -hmm. i had on my list for next season that i want to see queerness so -hmm. that would that would hit that like Mm -hmm. i want the relationship to be a queer relationship a queer person navigating their relationships Mm -hmm. i also would like to see and i don't need i don't know that i need to see this in the same season but both seasons the characters had children And I would like to explore, like, what does it mean for your final romance to be childless? Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. that, you know, like, I feel like every, to me, that's a part of the cookie cutter, like what love is supposed to end up in. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Like you get partnered and you have a kid. Even even if, you know, people, I think the first season is still unconventional cuz she doesn't necessarily end up with the person that she has a child with, mm-hmm. but it's still that's a part of the dynamics of, you know, her process into adulthood and having a relationship. Well, niggas
1: niggas don't be using condoms. They don't be using condoms.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but that's for me, that's what I would like to see. I want to see queerness and I would like to see a relationship that doesn't result in children you know by the end of the yeah, season I would, I would, like those too. yeah those things don't have to happen mm-hmm. in the same season but those are things that i would like
1: and could they not have children because it's a choice <laughs> like
0: <laughs> right not because they're devastated that yeah, they can't they can, do this thing they, that they really want to do like yeah yes because it's a, mm-hmm. a choice yeah for sure right yeah i like that so that's what i was thinking yes but well, thank you for reviewing this shit with me this was fun I like that fucking show.
1: Yeah, it was. It's a good show.
0: Check out Love Life if we said shit that you thought was interesting and shit. Check out Love Life on HBO. White listeners,
1: give a black person your HBO Max password so they can watch this.
0: Just saying. Do it. If a black person doesn't have your password, I mean. Are you an ally? What you been doing? (laughs) Hello. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think we did an episode. Yeah, we did. We
1: definitely did
0: okay be sure to follow us on all the social meds we are on twitter and instagram at t with qj we are on facebook and tumblr t with queen and J. check out our website t with queen and j.com you can also send us your t-mail at t with queen and J at gmail.com if you had thoughts on this episode or you have other questions that you wanted to touch on hit us up if you have actually if you have thoughts on this episode in particular maybe maybe we'll discuss those on a patreon episode but yeah but send yeah, us that'd your be t-mail cool. that'd be cool. you yeah know. send us your t-mail let us know what's good what's your personal social media
1: at the queen speaks with an underscore that's on instagram and twitter follow me there and what's yours
0: jenicia f on twitter and instagram at j-a-n-i-c-i-a-f for fun um on twitter and instagram you can find us there that's it this podcast was created hosted and produced by a black girl named naima a black girl named janicia with editorial support from a black girl named candace production support from a black girl named chanel and graphic design from a black girl named joe
1: team with queen and jay we turn up responsibly
0: And there's one level of the work that is
1: designing at louis but my real job is to make sure that there's, like, six young Black kids that take my job after me. What I would be more impressed by is the next candidate for a house that gets hired as the
2: next head designer, has this, like, multidisciplinary background, comes from mm-hmm.
1: not a fashion school, thinks in a different dimension, and him get a shot.
0: Hey. Psst. Hey, you. Are you still here? You over there. <laughs> We are still taking addresses for our Seasons Greetings cards, yeah. our New Year's New cards. Year's yo, we want to fucking Seasons greet you, yo. Exactly. We want to Seasons greet you. There's a form. There's a Google Doc in the show notes. There's a link. Hit the link. Send us your address. We promise it won't be a waste of paper. It is going to be paper, but it's going to be cute. It's going to be
1: a lovely fucking paper.
0: It's going to be so fucking cute, yo. Send us your address. We want to fucking seasons greet you in the new year. And so we're still collecting addresses. So send us yours. Yes. Okay, bye. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.